This episode of Mob Rules, uh, featuring our hot takes on Codex Aldari, brought to you by Games Workshop. Uh, thanks so much for sending us this preview copy of Codex Aldari, available everywhere now. Welcome to another edition of Danny's Hot Takes, although the audio version, not the video version uh, this time. Um, so I'm Danny. I'm joined today by my co-host, John. God, just call me producer. That's going to be my thing now. I'm just going to point at you. No. Gonna, okay, fine. I'm not calling you producer. <laughs> Sorry, man. Damn it. Look, we, we can't all get what we want. That's fair. That's fair. Anyway, today uh, we're going to be talking about Codex Eldari. Um, which is like my favorite faction of all time. I'm super jazzed that this book is coming out. It seems really fun. Um, it doesn't seem super, it seems very good. I don't know if it seems super oppressive. We'll see. Uh, that could very well change. Somebody probably will break it Im- immediately. Um, but uh, in the interim, uh, let's have fun talking about these rules. These rules are pretty cool. So uh, starting off, um, kind of we start with like our detachment abilities. Um, uh we've got uh just the only one really that's that's out of the normal like the normally that you know everybody's troops get upset that kind of stuff but you can only have one autark model per detachment so just keep that in mind if you're thinking of saying autarks for some reason like you're bad or something i don't know like just uh yeah don't don't spam autarks say hot takes any not nuclear takes (laughs) (laughs) i mean one is maybe fun like fun and i don't mean like great they're fine they're not bad, but I think that there's lots. There's so many options in this book. Anyway, we'll we'll get to that. And there's a blurb about traveling players at Games Workshop uh, revealed about Harlequin patrols being able to be added to Eldari armies and maybe every army. Who knows? Um, the rule is kind of ambiguous. Uh, there might be some leeway here, so you can add it to uh, like Imperial armies and that kind of thing. Um, but <laughs> uh, we'll see how that plays out. If that was the intention, I'm sure that an FAQ will reveal all. Um, I think the FK will be seriously, guys. Come on, <laughs> don't be this. Why? Why? What made you like this? <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so let's talk about uh, the different craft worlds. So there's, uh, uh, I believe, six uh, craft worlds that are listed here by name, and then they give you a build your own craft worlds uh, kind of deal. Um, so the first one is my favorite all time. You know, of course, it's going to be first because it's the best. Uh, we've got Ulthway. Um, and so Ulthway, their attribute uh, is Foresight of the Damned, which lets you re-roll a to-wound roll whenever you shoot or fight. Um, it gives Psychers plus one to their test on the first attempted Psychic Power. It gives you a six plus invulnerable save, and it gives you a five plus uh, feel no pain against mortal wounds. So four things, hell yeah, man! <laughs> I'm very excited about this. I think this is really, really good. It's a great suite of power abilities. Um, Twundral is very nice, uh, especially if you have, you know, like an MSU style army. Uh, just being able to reroll one failed Twundral every single time you shoot or fight is great. Um, yeah, and the plus one to cast for psychic powers, especially since like a lot of the Farseer powers are sevens, and Farseers lost their native rerolls. 
uh, it's going to be hard to get those off a lot of times. So getting a plus one just kind of really adds to that, uh, really helps them to make, really helps you to make sure their powers go off. Uh, so then we have um, their warlord trait, which is fate, we, fate reader. Um, and so this is whenever you make a strands of fate uh, roll, the, if the warlord's on the battlefield, you can uh, retain one additional dice. Um, so we'll get to this later when we talk about fate dice, but this is an extraordinarily powerful warlord trait. Uh, then we have the ghost helm of uh, uh, Alshazir, um, which is for an Ulthway Psyker. They get uh, one of the runes of fortune. Um, which is the Farseer discipline, and you can give this to any Eldari Psyker, so you can give this to a Warlock or a Spirit Seer, and then they get a Farseer power. Pretty dope. Um, and then also, whenever you take a Psychic test or, or a uh, Psychic action, if you roll a 9+, plus, you can't, it cannot be denied. Um, so this is a great relic. And then finally, their Stratus, their Discipline of the Black Guardians. Select a Guardians unit, they get plus one to hit. Guardian units in this book are going to be your Storm Guardians, your Guardian Defenders, and also weapon the support weapon platforms. Um, so getting them to hit on a two plus with like a bunch of decans is pretty sick. Anyway, we'll move on. There's there's so many. There's so much stuff. This book is huge, guys. Uh, Ninety five pages of rules, not including yeah. Crusade. <laughs> That's not inclusive of Crusade, right? No, that is not inclusive of Crusade. So there's yeah. probably about another ten, fifteen on top of that. <laughs> um. Yeah, okay. And there's three different sets of Crusade rules in there, too. There's one for Yunari, one for Harlequins, and one for Craft Worlds. So, like, your bases are covered. Your Crusade is going to be... Whichever whichever jerk was like, I want to carry less books around is really not thinking of the plight of the Codex reviewer. (laughs) My throat's going to be so dry. (laughs) Um, So we have a late talk. Uh, These guys are the perennial favorites. They've been really good every time rules will come out just because minus one to hit for more than 12 inches away is just a really good ability so now the ability is, is if you're more than 12 inches away regardless of the unit type it gets light cover also if you're more than 12 inches away in the and it's an infantry or biker unit they're also dense cover so they get both of those abilities which is great and you ignore any modifiers to the move characteristic of infantry units when they uh uh so like when you like difficult terrain that kind of stuff um or if somebody tries to tangle foot you like like they just doesn't work against uh la talk and then also they can re-roll uh oh sorry and they can also ignore rolls to advance as well so same same thing they're kind of like death guard um the world of trade is master of ambush um so you get to uh you can select a rangers unit within nine of the warlord or no any sorry any infantry core unit within nine and uh, they can do an action and not, and not fit and not, and they can still shoot. Um, and then also before the game starts, you can redeploy one unit of Rangers. Um, the relic is the shrift shout of Ellen Seer. Um, so this is an Alatoc infantry model. While the model is receiving the benefits of cover, you can't shoot at it uh, unless it's the closest target for the, uh, the closest eligible target for the attack and the attacking models within 12 inches. So you can kind of hide in the backfield with the character with that pretty easily. Um, you know what I super like about that Master of Ambush Warlord trait is the yeah. idea that you can cut off an 18-inch circle of the center of the table or of the board, and then before you begin, you just move them out of the way. Yeah. So, like, if you just pop them right up in your opponent's face, uh, you really cut off a large portion of the board where they can deploy, and then after you're done deploying, you just boop away. Yeah. Uh, and or... Um, like if you do get the first turn, cause this is at the start of the first battle round. So you know, who's going first. 
Um, if you're going first, you can use them to kind of push forward and kind of block movement too, if you want to. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of really cool tricks that you can do with redeploys, and Eldar have a lot have lots of redeploys. Um, their strat is really cool. It's uh, basically the same as the Deathmark strat from uh, uh, Necrons. So when a unit re- uh, arrives from reserve, you spend one command point, and if you have a, re- a ranger unit in strategic reserve, they get to deep strike within 18 inches. Um, and nine inches away from the enemy models, and then shoot that unit like as soon as it appears, which is kind of cool. Um, then we've got uh, so late talk, you know, kind of a similar thing, uh, potentially less durable, but maybe more durable with the caps on negative one modifiers. Um, infantry and bikers definitely get a lot from this, and getting light cover from more than 12 inches away is actually no joke, especially if you're a tough unit like a Wraith Lord or a tank, like a Wave Serpent gets a two plus armor save. That's pretty great. Um, <clears throat> then we have Baltan. Um, so Baltan gets uh, whenever a unit advances or makes a battle focus roll. Um, if you roll a one or a two, it counts as a three instead. So they're advancing min three, um, or after they shoot, uh, they're battle focusing away or forward uh, a min- minimum of three. Um, and then their their warlord trait is amazing. Natural leader uh, pick a Baltan core unit within six of the warlord until the until the uh, end of the turn. They can re-roll to hit rolls. So that's pretty great. Uh, just a free guide on someone. Um, the relic is the Spirit Stone of Anathlan, which is which is one of the most broken relics in the game before. Um, now it's uh, uh, it's a Bealtan Psyker model only. They get an extra psychic power from any one of their chosen disciplines, um, and they can reroll one psychic t- one psychic test per phase. So it's still amazing. It's a lot of utility. Um, you get a, you get a lot more options, especially on warlocks and things like that. Uh, then their their command their their stratagem is great too. It's exploding sixes, um, uh, in uh, sh- with shooting or fighting on an aspect warrior unit. So that's so good, <laughs> especially with rerolls to hit. Like like you can just start fishing for sixes and try and get more explodes. Like it's uh, amazingly powerful. All right, then we've got Yandin. Uh, Yandin is Stoic Endurance, so they get to add one to combat attrition tests, so they're immune to ones that, that when they're not below half strength. Um, and then uh, whenever you add to target them with AP minus one or two, then you worsen that by one, so AP minus one becomes zero, two becomes minus one, which is nice durability upgrade. Warlord trait is a five-up feel no pain. That's, that's pretty good. Uh, we've got the, uh, the, the Citronome of Yandin, um, which was a once per game thing is now every single turn. So you pick a Yandin spirit host unit within nine, they get plus one to the attack characteristics. Uh, and if they're Wraith guard, they get battle focus. So Wraith guard with battle focus is pretty neat. Um, it allows them to advance and shoot without penalty or after they shoot, uh, moving away is pretty good. And then their, their, uh, guided Wraith site basically lets you pick a uh, a spirit seer which gives reroll ones to wound for wraith units within six, um, and so you pick one wraith unit anywhere on the table, and they count as being within range of that spirit seer's aura. So they basically get to reroll ones to wound. Um, so definitely, definitely pretty cool. And then finally, we have Saim Han. Um, so Saim Han is the uh, uh, they want to go fast. They're the Tokyo Drift of Eldar, um, the Ricky Bobbies of the world. Yeah. Just, yeah, just drunk redneck elves going as fast as they can. That's actually probably the best description of them. I, I like that a lot. 
the farseers <laughs> telling them with all due respect and i do mean with all due respect <laughs> <laughs> uh so their attribute is uh reroll charge rolls and also uh they can charge whenever they fall back um warlord trait is plus one attack and six inch heroic intervention on the warlord so good for an autark um and their relic is the is the talisman of Chionchar. So this is for a Samhain model only. Whenever they make a melee attack, if if there if a charge move has been made or they heroically intervened, add plus one to the strength and damage characteristics of that attack and improve the armor penetration by one. So you can kind of get a neat like laser lance going here with the Autark on bike, um, or maybe if you wanted to go with. Uh, you know, a bunch of attacks or something like that. You go with like a scorpion chainsword or something. Mm-hmm. So you have some options here. Um, Warriors, of the raging winds. Uh, basically, this lets you advance and charge with a unit of bikes. So it's pretty good on autarchs and shining spears. And that's it. It's kind of a limited craft world. I think this one's okay. Okay. And there's so many traits. Yeah, the far-flung craft world is the build-your-own-craft world where uh, unless you're just copying the main craft world, you pick two attributes, uh, and that's your custom craft world. Yeah, and so they're like, uh, there's 24 different traits. Um, I think maybe tw- maybe 25, uh, if I miscounted. Sorry. <laughs> I thought um, you were going to say there's 24 traits, of which 25 are really good. <laughs> As you would expect with Eldar. Um, so I wanted to single out a couple of these that I think are particularly good. Um, so I think, uh, hail of doom is, is amazing, but you kind of have to build an army to kind of, uh, go with this. Um, so this is whenever you make an attack with a shuriken weapon, unmodified sixes to hit automatically wound the target. And it counts as not as a wound roll of six. So it basically makes all of your shuriken, your shurikens an extra minus two AP on sixes to hit that auto wound. So if you can spam a ton of shots into this, I think there's definitely some play, like bringing down Guardians out of Deep Strike with this, like, Hail of Doom on them, uh, and shooting, like, because Guardians are now, uh, you have 18 inches, so you have good range. Like, you're not even going to Deep Strike and be out of range with some of the defenders like you used to. And you can make, like, if, yeah, anyway. So there's a ton of different things that you can do here with that. That's super powerful. Um, uh, Also, you've got... um, uh, there's the Children of Cain, um, which is whenever you make an unmodified Twin Roll of Six, add one to the damage characteristic of the attack, uh, and this is for melee. So really good on things like uh, Scorpions, Banshees, um, even Shining Spears. It makes them damage three on sixes to wound. That's pretty good. Uh, so you can really kind of punch through some of that minus one damage stuff with that, which is nice. Um, you've got... Uh, Let's see here. Uh, mobile fight. The mobile fighters is probably the one that's going to see the most play. I feel like because this one fits into the most different categories. Um, and so each time a model with this attribute makes an attack, if this model's unit disembarked from a transport model this turn, add one to the attack's wound roll. So you're looking at you're looking at units that are getting plus one to wound if they get out of a transport and assault someone. If they get out and shoot someone, like it really lets you kind of play like a very mobile. Uh, like mechanized game i think there's a ton of play here it's very good on like dire avengers because they can just pop out of a wave serpent advance and shoot you or like shoot you and then flee away like there's so many moves that you can do it's it's amazing um you've got uh savage blades which is whenever you charge you get plus one charge a heroic intervene 
um, or war charged, you get plus one AP in combat. I think that one's actually pretty good. It doesn't seem great, but like changing scorpions to be AP minus two is pretty, is pretty beefy. Like, so I can see this in like, uh, scorpions or, uh, like even, I don't know, uh, even like, uh, maybe some rate units, I think with this might, might be decent. Although, the other, the other one, uh, the Children of Cain seems really good for wraiths with swords, like because they're getting like five attacks apiece. Going to damage two on some of those is going to be pretty good. Uh, or the axe, even the axe is great. Anyway, so then you've also got uh, <laughs> the final one I want to talk about is Vengeful. Um, and this one is each time a model with this attribute makes an attack with a melee weapon, an unmodified six scores one additional hit. Um, this is so good. Uh, exploding sixes on your melee attacks when you have units with like four attacks a model like uh like scorpions or banshees this is really good on uh wraith blades with five attacks a model like you can really kind of um you can really kind of utilize this not saying wraith blades are amazing or anything like that but uh, uh i think that there's some uh, some definite play there anyway so a lot of really cool options there I, I can't wait to see what people come up with um, I can see some really cool combinations here already. How do you rate things like Hunters of Ancient Relics, which is uh, one of the craft world ones where it's like a unit with this attribute is performing an action. Uh, they can shoot without failing an action. With the changes in primary with the new chapter approved uh, Nashman packet as well as sort of uh, the mm -hmm. increase in actions for points, how would you view something like that in list building? I think it's not bad. Um, it's total. There's totally some good play there. I think it's really good on things like uh, if it took a unit of six Swooping Hawks, and you're doing uh, like, uh, you know, R and D, like they can come down and shoot 24 shots, and then and then just like, I don't know, they also get to action. That's pretty cool. Um, so I mean, yeah, that that's it's decent. There are units that have built-in action and shoot into their profile, um, which is Dire Avengers gets to do that. That's like one of their special abilities. So I think that there's some of this already built in the army, depending on what units you take. Mm -hmm. And I can see Dire Avengers getting taken quite a lot. They're very good. Yeah, so put in your orders today for Dire Avenger boxes. <laughs> yeah, they come in boxes of five now. Uh, ugh, ugh, really? Wow. Yeah, dude. Ugh. Uh, or they did the last time I bought them. Maybe they're maybe they're maybe they're tens now. All right, so we've got uh, Yanari, and so Yanari is basically one page of rules. Uh, there's there's a little bit on the second page, um, but basically it's an example of how to make a Yanari detachment. Um, <clears throat> so you get a little bit of FAQ right in your rule book right to start with. <laughs> how do I use these rules? These are complicated. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, it's really not that complicated. Basically, the way the Yanari's rule, the Yanari rules work now is it's a craft world's detachment that is also Yanari. And for each craft world's unit, you can have either one Harlequin or Drukari unit, um, with some exceptions. Like you can't take uh like the avatar you can't take uh phoenix uh, the Lord. solitaire so yeah the unrathy uh, phoenix units. lords yeah um yeah anyway so um uh they're uh they're psychers um they can't know powers from runes of fate but they can know the other ones uh so like runes of fortune or runes of battle um, uh, but they also have access to the Unari powers if they so desire. And the Unari powers are actually pretty good, I think. Um, but, uh, yeah, anyway, um, what else? 
let's see. You're only allowed to board your own transports. You can't mix transports and uh, incubi and scourges who cost extra points when you put them in your NRI detachment. Um, I think maybe the reasoning behind this is because they don't normally get uh, like an ability, but now they get strength from death. Um, so I can see why maybe they cost a few more points. Although four extra points a model for incubi is a little steep, I think, for this ability. Um, I don't know. Uh, and we can kind of go over this more when you look at the strats, but there's there any like Inari specific strats that would really kind of make incubi like awful. There's just oh, there's only one uh, there's only one uh, strat for Yunari specifically, but so they get their attribute of strength of death right, and so strength of death right now in its current form gives you strike first, um, and if the model is below its if the unit is below its starting strength, uh, they get plus one to hit. I mean, so it's not a bad trait; like it's totally good. It's just in this edition when things get like things don't last between turns usually so i don't know how much the plus one to hit is going to help but always strikes first is is really nice um if you have it uh maybe even doubled up uh uh although i don't think that matters really um i don't know it just like if people charge you like they have to make some, some important decisions and things like that um the warlord trait is uh the warlord gets one wound back every turn and uh if he's in engagement range um uh in with any units that are below starting strength uh they get plus one strength and attack that's eh, kind of cool mm-hmm. and the relic is uh minus one damage and uh damage one attacks you get plus one to your save uh any armor save specifically so that's cool um the stratagem is inevitable fate um so use this when a unit unit is selected to shoot or fight uh each time it makes an attack that targets a unit that was below half strength uh you get plus one to wound so one CP for plus one to wound against the bull half strength is, I don't know. I mean, that could be, that could be kind of cool. One command point for that is pretty cheap. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I don't, I think, I still think they're not great. Um, but you don't lose that much from being the Yanari, like from craft world. So you still get the normal craft world stuff. Um, I mean, you're not going to get like, uh, uh, the fade dice and things like that, which is, which is, that's kind of a bummer too. <laughs> uh, anyway, <clears throat> so let's talk about um, let's talk about Harlequins. How's that sound? That sounds uh, like a joke. Oh, that's bad. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's fair. Let me fire the writer. Um. <laughs> All right. So uh, Harlequin troops units and Harlequins get obsec, so no extra obsec for them. Um, and then they have the lead rule role, the lead role rule. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know why that was a tongue twister. It really Dog isn't. with peanut butter in your mouth. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, if you, if you include any troop masters, basically if you have a troop master, he has to be your warlord. Like if you're, if your warlord is a Harlequin, it has to be a troop master before it can be like a shadow seer. Um, so you have three different Sadaths or Sadaths, um, and these are like how Harlequins are organized. These are like their chapter tactics. Um, so you have light. Um, and so light is, uh, if you shoot them from more than 12 inches away, unmodified one to threes miss. Um, so that's interesting. (laughs) And this is irrespective of any abilities that weapon or model making that attack might have. So... 
I, I don't say, know. I'm not a huge fan of uh, this very fast-moving army uh, getting transhuman when it stays away from me. Well, like, okay. So here's here's my thing about this. This is only really going to affect ballistic skill two plus armies because most of the Harlequin stuff is already minus one to hit. Mm-hmm. So if you're a three plus army, you're already hitting on fours anyway. And if you're four plus, you're hitting on five. So this doesn't do anything. That's fair. Way to talk me down from the ledge. <clears throat> um, this, this does combo up well with some of the rules that they do have though, like no rerolls means fours with no rerolls is, I mean, that's hard. That's hard. Uh, anyway, also, if you advance with them, uh, you kind of stationary in the movement phase. So this is important for the vehicles in the list. Um, they can get advance and shoot. Like, so they can move 22 inches every turn and still shoot their weapons uh, just fine. Also, uh, guys on top, if you advance with a transport, can still fire out the, the top with their fusion pistols with this. This is kind of like a combination of a couple of different uh, old Harlequin rules. Anyway, uh, the Warlord trade is player in the light. This lets you heroically intervene six with the Warlord. And if they've made a charge move or heroically intervened, uh, they get plus one strength and attack. That's a great Warlord trade. Uh, Shadowstone is for a light Shadow Seer, which adds, which is weird. The Shadowstone for the light troop. I don't know. <laughs> uh, plus three inches to the bearer or abilities to a maximum nine. <laughs> That's all for shield for shield from harm is amazing. And then also, if you give a pivotal roll, which we'll get to later, oh my god, there's still pivotal rolls for this too. <laughs> and then uh, if you uh, manifest a psychic power, you add three inches to the range of that uh, a power that power's effect. So you can get a nine inch aura from a psychic power as well. Pretty nice. Um, their stratagem is capricious reflections, which when they're selected as the target of a charge, they just get to move six inches. Oh, <laughs> yeah. No thanks. I don't want to be charged. Please no. So uh, this this is kind of a cool. Tr- I like so when I look at this initially, I'm like, eh, eh, eh. And then I thought about it a while, and I looked at it again. And I'm like, man, you could make a really obnoxious shooting army with this. That like stays at 24 inches and just blasts you. And then like when you try and get close, you're like, no. <laughs> I do not right? consent to this. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's I think it's good. It's really good, and also uh, anything that gives up free movement is just wonderful jank. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, it's awesome. All right, so we got dark. Uh, this one's probably the best one, I think. Uh, just because this is the best melee uh, Harlequin build, I think is is dark. Although Twilight's pretty good too. Uh, dark is very good. Um, so they get fight on death. Uh, as long as they haven't fought yet. Um, so that's amazing. Um, and whenever they make a melee attack, it's an extra minus one AP. So that's really good. Um, the warlord trait is whenever you're the warlord makes a melee attack and an unmodified wound roll of five or more, the target suffers one mortal wound in addition to normal damage. It's pretty good. And the ghoul mask is you get to deny a psychic power, um, every turn. And you have a three inch aura of losing obsec for enemy units. Hmm. So that's that's pretty good, Relic. I don't know. The, the role uh, of John John tonight will be uh, played by disapproving grunts from afar. <laughs> John, are you just imagining the ways that this is going to abuse you in the next like year? Like, <laughs> well, no one needs to tech for something now. Yeah. Oh, well, I think you won a lot of shots. <laughs> um, their their uh, their stratagem. Uh, is uh, select a unit and they can't uh, 
Overwatch or set to defend. So not a great, not a great strategy. But the other stuff is so good. I was going to say balanced out by everything else that the dark can do. Yeah, <laughs> it's dark and emo. Uh, so then you have Twilight. Um, so whenever this, so first round of combat for these guys, they get plus one attack. So that means the baser troopers are five attacks, which is pretty pretty cool. Um, and they get an extra two inches on pylons and consolidates. The amount of movement that they get is so <laughs> insane. That's an extra 10 inches of movement from pylons and consolidates potentially. Like you can, oh my God. Anyway, um, so then you have a uh, player in the twilight, which is if you're going to play pure Harlequins, I think this is a really great warlord trait. Um, all the Swirlers on the battlefield, um, whenever you or your opponent spend any command points, roll a dice for each command point, and on a six, you get one back. And if you uh, if your Whirler is on the battlefield and you roll four more dice, four, four or more dice for Luck of the Laughing God, uh, which is the Harlequin's like special uh, faction ability if they're all Harlequins, um, you gain a command point anyway. Uh, the relic is the famous Twilight Fang of the Twilight of Twilight Master fame. Famous fame. Ah, what am I doing? I didn't say like Twilight movie. I was like, wait, we're going that joke. I have to my own bed. <laughs> is, this, is this team? Is, <laughs> is this team Jacob or? <laughs> uh, it's team Edward, obviously. All right. So this is a plus two, strength, plus two strength power sword. So plus two strength minus three AP, two flat damage. Um, and then you get to add whatever the battle round is to the number of attacks they get. Well, that's that's pretty gross. Yeah. So there's also uh and then the, finally their uh uh their stratagem for one command point is malicious frenzy. Um so six is to hit in melee, auto wound the target. So kill him before round three. <laughs> so the Twilight Fang is really great comboed up with one of their abilities uh to give uh, a troop master a wounds on a two plus. Mm-hmm. So he just gets like six attacks plus whatever the round number is, hitting on twos, wounding on twos. Gross. Yep. He's pretty good. All right. Man, do we have strats. John, we have so many strats. We've got strats. We've got 46 stratagems. If you've done a strats lot of counting and getting ready for this. John, that's all I do is count now. I, think I don't know if you knew that. As, <laughs> uh, as a I lawyer in training, I just count things. This is the first time I've seen six pages of stratagems in a book. <laughs> what did you think when you when you saw six pages of stratagems? You were like, oh, that's fair. <laughs> I was like, well, uh, yeah. okay. Uh, my initial review, my hot take, wow, this is a thick book. This is probably going to be like <laughs> Space Marine 2.0. Uh, and I'm like, oh, no, because instead of a billion data sheets, they just have a billion additional rules. Dude, no kidding. <laughs> All right, let's go through them. Um, I may kind of touch on these really briefly. I'm not going to like, uh, uh, I'll talk about, I don't know. Guys, there's 48. I, you know what? I'm going to skip the ones that are trash or the Games yeah. Workshop. There's, so, there's 48 stratagems. If Danny spends a minute reading each of them, we're here for another hour. For an hour. An hour. Yeah. All right. So this one's specifically for Paul Winter, though. This is the great enemy. Um, so <laughs> Before he whenever is the great enemy. <laughs> a Syriani Harlequin or Yunari unit from your army is selected to fight. Um, whenever you make a melee attack against a Slanesh unit, you get to reroll to hit and to wound for one command point. <laughs> because as we go through this book, we know uh, Aldari need all of the help against a Chaos they Demon will. Force. No, they will. Dude, those demons are. It's not fair. It's really not how much the Eldar trashed those demons. <laughs> it's like, wait for it. Wait for it. 
Um, I'm not a fan of faction-specific secondaries like this, outside of like very rare cases. Um, yeah. But I understand its inclusion. I'm fine with this one specifically because, you know, it, this just is so flavorful. Like, all the Eldar really do hate Slanesh. <laughs> so, anyway. Um, so, I'm going to touch on some of these ones that are really important, which is going to be, like, all the ones in this column. <laughs> all right, so we have... Matchless Agility, which is auto six inches on your Battle Focus move. Games Workshop did preview Battle Focus, so just go look at that at some point in time. Basically, it's like you don't suffer a penalty for moving and shoot, for uh, for assault for for uh, advancing and shooting weapons. Um, but you, if you don't advance, you can then move after you shoot uh, d six inches. So this makes you auto six. This is really important. Because if you move through area terrain with battle focus, you lose three inches off of your battle focus move. So this allows you to pop into range, shoot, pay one command point, and then go back behind it. So this one is going to get used a ton. And this is also isn't the only way that Eldar can move after shooting. Uh, lightning fast reactions um, is uh, one CP for minus one to hit, melee, or shooting. Um, that, that one's great, just like uh, Jukari. Bladestorm, uh, whenever an Asuriani or Harlequin's unit is selected to shoot, uh, shuriken weapons uh, have exploding sixes. So sixes to hit, do an extra hit. Uh, combo this up with that other ability, and that is super gross. Sixes to hit are two extra hits, right? Sixes to hit are a wound and a hit. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, all right, so we've got Martial Citizenry. You know, uh, readable wants to hit for Guardians. Um, not bad. Uh, let's see. Uh, so they did preview Adventures of Assyrian. That one's really good. Um, Unparalleled Mastery. Um, so this lets you, for one command point, with Farseer, Shadowseer, you have Rain, or the Incarn. They can manifest an extra psychic power for one command point. Um, Multifaceted Mine uh, lets you, after a Farseer, Shadowseer, or you have Rain, uh, does a psychic action, they can cast one psychic power. Um, so that's that's really cool. I think it still gives you a it lets you play with less psychers, mm-hmm. um, uh, and still do some of the actions. Uh, Phoenix are born. Bring back a Phoenix Lord that dies on a four plus with D three wounds remaining. <laughs> cool. well, no, that's not a thing. That is a yeah, thing. dude. That's one command point, John. That's super cool. I'm really glad they don't have a limit to how much damage you can do per phase to them. <laughs> Yeah, but they only come back with D three, so you'll be able to kill them in the first the first time you swing at them. If you if you I mean if you have the models for that, <laughs> which you might not have is turn two. Which you may not. Who knows? Um, so you have battle psychers. Uh, so this lets you for a unit of warlocks for two command points. They get both the effects of one of the runes of battle. So they conceal and reveal. So they get to conceal something and reveal something else. I think that's really cool. And it's only after you manifest a psychic power, so you don't have to pay it until you know you get it off. Uh, you got Champion of the Eldari for extra uh, Warlord traits, and you pay for this for Suryani and Harlequin characters. So, extra Warlord traits is going to be for your whole army. You can't like kind of skimp out and like actually give like four Warlord traits to your army or something like mm-hmm. that. Uh, Treasures is the same way. Uh, it's for uh, Harlequins or Suryani characters. Uh, you can do it two times, just like the Warlord traits is the same way. Then they have one called Relic of the Shrines. So instead of buying in one normal relic for your Eldar, um, you can get two relics for Aspect Warrior Exarchs. Um, this lets you buy extra relics for your Aspect Warrior Exarchs. It's cool. I think mm-hmm. it's neat. Some of them are good. Some of them are not. Um, 
Seer Council. Uh, I think this one is probably the most flavorful one. I'm so glad this made this kept in, and it's super fluffy. So if you take a Warlock unit that's two or more models, so that means they're not a character, um, you can pay one command point before the battle starts for this. Um, and it makes that Warlock unit be able to bodyguard for a Farseer, meaning you can't target them uh, with the Farseer with ranged attacks while they're within three inches of the Warlocks. And it gives the Farseer plus one to cast if the Warlocks are within six inches of him. Um, does this combo with your Elfway uh, attribute where you get plus one to yes. cast anyway? So you're, yes. you can rock around easily with a plus two to cast in your Farseer. Oh, John. Yeah. Well, for the first power, right? Yeah. Only plus two for the first power. There's also a psychic power for you cast it on another psyker and they get plus two to cast and deny until your next psychic phase. And so that's plus four on his first cast and then plus three on potentially if he's Eldred, three extra other casts. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, yeah, you got to love it. Anyway. Do I? No, I do. It's great. I, well, I mean, I do. You, I guess you don't have to. Uh, you've got linked fire. They previewed that the other day. People lost their minds. I think it's okay. It's not great because I think fire prisms are, are a little overpriced right now. Um, but you can set up kind of a sick combo with them. We'll talk about that when I talk about the fire prism. Um, you got feigned retreats. So this lets you fall back and shoot or fight. If you pay one command point or two command points, you can do both. Um, forewarned is like their intercept and it's within 18 inches of the unit and the Farseer just has to be able to see the enemy unit. Like, so the Farseer sees them, and then he tells a unit within 12 to shoot at a unit within 18. It's a lot of triangulation going on there. There's some hypotenuses. It's, uh, There's that it's, gif of uh, Zach Galifianakis with all the math and triangles kind of appearing over his face. Yeah, Tyler Bortel is instantly summoned because he's <laughs> the master of the triangle. Um, anyway, uh, then you have Tears of uh, Aisha. Um, so this is a strategic ploy. Um, this lets you heal a Wraith Construct. D3 Lost Wounds of a Spirit Seers within six. It heals three flat. It costs one command point unless it's Titanic, I think. And then it costs two. Is that right, John? Yep. Okay, cool. All right. Uh, we've got Fire and Fade. That's still in there. It's still just as good as you thought. Um, or as you as it always was. So Same as it ever was. Yeah, same as it ever was. A unit gets to move seven inches after it shoots. So you can do this, and you can do matchless agility for battle focus and really kind of... Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> Phantasm is still in here for two command points. That lets you redeploy three units for two command points. It's a really good deal. And put them in strategic reserve, if you want. It's a fantastic deal. Yeah. Uh, Eldritch Storm. Uh, so I think Eldritch Storm is like the most... It's a really fun stratagem, but man, is it bad. <laughs> so bad. So it costs three command points. Your, it has to be, so it lets you place a marker. on your In your psychic phase, you start using psychic actions from Farseer-only models. Um, and every time you get this action off, which is Warp Charge 5, it puts a counter on the marker. Then in, the, you, then in your opponent's next movement phase, or sorry, in your next shooting, shooting phase... <laughs> You roll a d6 for each unit within six on, uh, uh, and you subtract two if they're an infantry character. On a two plus, they take d3 mortal wounds plus one mortal wound for each Farseer that completed the action. So there's a world where you can spend 800 points and take seven Farseers. <laughs> and buff this action up. Sir, 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 may I remind you of the rule of three? 
Please, please for a go. No, 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 no. So you can take three Farseer Skyrunners, three Farseers on foot, and Eldred. This, we're, dude, we're reaching 12 Demon Princes levels of baloney right now with that combo. <laughs> it's the ultimate Seer Council. It's the high Seer Council. Um, What's the rest of your army? Doesn't matter. You're dead in your deployment zone. Take 50,000 mortal <laughs> wounds. Three Wraith Gates. <laughs> um... <laughs> It's all in reserve. Anyway, so we've got webway strikes. This is the deep strike for any infantry, biker, or harlequin biker, infantry, Yunari infantry, or biker. Um, you can do two units if you spend three command points. Um, yep. Uh, let's see. That's bad. That got previewed. Sorry, shield discharge got previewed today. Um, that's bad. That's bad. All right, so we've got resonator shard. Um, this is kind of an interesting one. So if you have a ranger unit, um, because they have the Resonator Shard keyword. Um, if the, if you have D-Cannons, Doom Weavers, or Shadow Weavers that target an enemy unit within 12 inches of uh, anyone with that Resonator Shard, you can reroll to hit rolls for one command point. So this is for like your weapon batteries or your uh, uh, the tank, the Night Spinner, I think. Is that pretty similar yeah. to the Line Speeder Whirlwind combo from the Space Marine book? Yeah, yeah. But it's I would say it's more likely that a Ranger Squad is probably going to be within 12 inches of enemies, especially... Um, the since they're kind of going to be forward deploying, yeah. Uh, fusion charge is melted bombs for fire dragons, so have fun with that. <laughs> All right, so we've got prismatic blur. Uh, so this is for a harlequin infantry unit, two command points. If they advance more than eight inches, which means they rolled more than a one on their advance and didn't have any penalties, um, they get a three up invul save. So no three up invuls on bikes anymore. Everyone rejoiced. Hooray! Yep. <laughs> Um, let's see here. So we have uh cigarette jest. Um, so this lets you, uh, oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. So if an enemy fall, <laughs> this is, this one's great though. Right. So if an enemy falls back from you, um, while you have like, and you pay this, uh, one or two command points, um, if you pay two, one command point, they can shoot the enemy unit that fell back. If you pay two, they can consolidate six inches. <laughs> So they fall back from you saying, no, 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 come back here. We're, we're, we'll just follow you. Are, are we dancing? <laughs> um, so uh, Virtuous of the Webway, they can, you can put a Harlequin infantry unit, or Harlequin's unit just back into Deep Strike. God, that's, well, Sagar's just, so you can get free six inches of movement from being like, no, yeah. no, no, I'm going to follow you. And if you combine that with the the play where you get an extra two inches movement on your Consolidates, then yeah, you so get you extra... eight inches off of that. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's gross. It's really good. It's really good. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, Murderous spectacle allows you to select a Harlequin infantry unit and give them plus one to their damage characteristic of their weapons. Uh, this is two command points. Normally, Harlequins are two damage base on the Harlequin weapons, so this makes them damage three. Um, that's real good. Uh, War Dancers lets a Harlequin troop fight at the end of the at the end of the fight phase again for three command points. Um, uh, let's see, no price too steep is a fight on death for Harlequin characters. If they're if it's a solitaire or you're fighting against a chaos unit, you get plus one to attacks and strength because they don't want their soul devoured by you know whatever. Fair. Uh, let's see. Torments of the Fiery Pit. Uh, this is when a solitaire unit has lost any that's lost any wounds is selected to fight. They get plus one strength and attacks, which makes them nine strength 
seven attacks? Uh, it's a Harlequin character models excluding solitaires. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. My bad. Okay. So, so this is still really good, especially <laughs> if you have uh, Segrax Rose um, on your troop. Master. That character is gross. We'll get to that combo later. Um, dramatic Entrance is a six inch heroic intervention for any Harlequin unit or Harlequin's infantry unit. Yep, that's real good. Mm-hmm. Um, Favorite of the Laughing God gives you two Warlord traits on your Harlequin Warlord. Um, if you're playing pure Harlequins, basically. So, well, not you know, I mean, I guess you don't have to be pure Harlequins, but if you if your Harlequins model is your Warlord, you can give them two. Um, Curtain Falls is now for everyone. Um, so, and this one is actually so I should say Curtain Falls is a is a stratagem. It's not what it was before. As if you're thinking it's a Death Jester one. Uh, this lets you basically, instead of doing a consolidate move, if you're within six inches of a transport, you can just re-embark inside. Um, so that's, that's really cool. Uh, <laughs> uh, mocking Laughter. Uh, they did preview that one. That one's for Death Jesters. It's pretty good. Uh, let's see. Okay. So then we have uh, a stratagem for each one of the different Harlequin weapons. Um, you have the Kiss of Death for Harlequin Kisses, Oblivion's Caress for Caresses, and then a Deadly Embrace for, you guessed it, Embraces. Uh, so Kiss of Death, um, if you roll a six to wound, uh, you do one mortal wound in addition to a maximum of six per unit. So if you're fighting multiple units, you can potentially do multiple iterations of that. That's only one command point. Oblivion's Caress allows you to remove invulnerable saves for two command points. That's an insane, insane ability, mm-hmm. um, especially when you're looking at things like uh, so you take away their you, you can take away their invul save. You can then jinx them to remove one point of armor save. Um, and then if you're dark, you get plus one point of AP. So if you do this to custodians and if you, you know, like this is the absolute best case scenario, right? <laughs> this is this. You're putting all the points into this because this is four command points, right? You give them plus one to damage. So. They're going into Custodes. They're getting AP minus four effectively, so they're only getting a six-up armor save against all these attacks. Like, and so this, like, a unit of like six guys throws out twenty-four attacks. Uh, yeah, it's so gross. It's so many wounds. Uh, anyway, it's very good. And then finally, we have a deadly embrace. You roll a d6 for each unit uh, model that charged, and on four plus, you do a mortal wound to maximum six. Um, not bad. Um, you can use Deadly Embrace with either of the other two, but Kiss of Death and Oblivion's Crest can't be used if you uh, together. Um, all it requires for your unit is to have one model or, or to have a, this keyword, which requires one model in the unit to have that type of weapon. Mm-hmm. So if you kind of put one Caress, one Kiss, one Deadly Embrace, you can use any of these stratagems. Which are super good. They are. Man, uh, those that's that, so that's the stratagems, and I skipped a bunch. Um, I and, and uh, when you but, say that's not great, that's kind of holistically compared to all of the other stratagems. There are a lot of amazing stratagems in this book. You kind of just hit the high points there, for sure, for sure. All right, um, so we've got Exarch powers. Um, so this is basically uh, a list of three different abilities for each different shrine um, uh, that you can give to an Exarch. When you pay the points for these abilities, you also give the Exarch some stat upgrades. So the Exarch gets plus one to their wounds characteristic, which makes them wounds three or four if they're a Shining Spear or 13 if they're a Crimson Hunter Exarch. All right. Yeah. 
Um, if it's a Crimson Hunter, Exarch, Dark Reaper, Swooping Hawk, or Fire Dragon, they get plus one ballistic skill. If they're a Striking Scorpion, Howling Banshee, Shining Spear, or Warp Spider, you get plus one attack. Um, you can't duplicate any of these powers over your army, but you can have more than one Exarch power assigned to different squads. So, we'll start with Crimson, he- Crimson Hunter uh, Exarch rules. So we have Eyes of Cain. So this is 30 points. Each time a model makes an attack that targets an enemy unit that can fly, it auto hits. <laughs> Wait, I got the... that. Yeah, that's so nuts. I don't know. That's crazy. That, that, but I don't think that they're good. Um, just please keep that in mind. That's a lot of points. It's uh, 30 uh, points alone for the upgrade on that one there. Yeah, so you're looking at like over, I think you're over 200 points for this flyer at this point, and that seems like a lot for a flyer that doesn't have great defenses. Um, you've got Strafing Assault for 20 points. This lets you ignore cover. Um, and this is any cover, so dense, light, uh, which is great. And then 25 points for Swooping Evasion for a 5-up invulnerable save. All those are good. Mm-hmm. Uh, dire Avengers. So we've got 20 points for Defensive Stance, um, which... Uh, Let's you shoot into engagement, which is interesting. Um, I don't know. I don't think that's good for 20 points. Uh, Shredding Fire for 25 uh, lets you unmodified to rolls of 5 plus, give you the extra minus 2 AP for Shuriken, um, which is pretty cool, especially if you have Doom. Um, and you, uh, yeah, I think that's, I think, mm-hmm. I think that's not bad. Uh, but 25 points again is a lot. That's a mm-hmm. lot of points. Uh, Stand Firm, I think, is the best one. This is only 10 points. They get OBSEC. Um, and they get plus one leader. They get plus one to leadership. Um, and if they already get obsec from another source, then they count as double obsec, um, which means they can be around Azerman and get double obsec, uh, which is pretty cool. Warp spiders. Um, so we've got spiders lair. This lets you turn a piece of area terrain into the spider's nest. <laughs> this entire book was written by a hot topic assistant manager. I yeah, swear. No, <laughs> actually funny story. The guy's name was spider. <laughs> really? His real name is James spider. And his famed warp spiders. James spider. The third. Um, so uh, it makes the area terrain a difficult ground. And each time an enemy unit ends any type of move within that terrain feature on a two plus, they take D three mortal wounds. And this is, so this is charges, this is moves, uh, if they move in the psychic phase or for some reason, or if they battle focus. <laughs> um, so we have a surprise assault. Um, you get to, whenever you come from a sudden assault, which is their deep strike, um, uh, you get one extra attack with each of their death spinners. Yeah, and that's uh, 15 points. That's not worth it. Uh, Web of Deceit. Uh, instead of making a battle focus move uh, once per battle, they can just leave and deep strike anywhere on the table. Um, that's 15 points. That's probably the best one, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty good. John, what do you think of those? Any thoughts? Uh, so there's a couple things. like uh, I like the way they're all obviously movement-related uh, and how they do things. Spider's Laird's kind of looking at that with the way that I've been mean, Black Templaring recently. I'm like, wow, if you really want to make the center of the table um difficult ground that really screws over a lot of things for some people uh, you can really yeah. cut uh, open the board but like I said web of deceit uh the power of like a mid-game redeploy cannot be denied uh, and for yeah, just, just 
15 points, like you can <laughs> drop in, like do your little R and D in one corner, drop out again and kind of go over somewhere else or, you know, and if you have Hunter of Ancient Relics, John, mm-hmm. or I think you could late game line breaker. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you'd have to battle. I guess I was thinking you could drop in action, shoot, battle focus, <laughs> but you can't do that. You can't do that. No, uh, that would break the action. <laughs> no. Um, okay. So we got shiny spears. Uh, these guys are not that scary anymore. I don't think they're anything to be afraid of. Um, so we've got, uh, expert lancers. Um, so in the fight phase, each time a model in this unit makes an attack, if they made a charge wound at one to hit, um, this is 20 points. That's pretty good. I think getting on a two plus is great. Uh, heart strike. Each time the shining spears Exarch model makes a melee attack, a five plus to wound does a mortal wound in addition. This is 15 points. That's bad. Don't take that one. And then lightning attacks. Uh, they get, if, if you have this, uh, if, if this model is in the unit, every time they make a consolidate, they get an extra six inches. So they get to move nine inches, nine inch consolidates. Um, I think that one's pretty cool. Gross. Uh, I don't 20 know. Points. 20 points yeah. is a lot though. It seems for that. I think expert Lancers is worth it. If you're going to have one unit, like if you have a unit of five, I think it's worth 20 points to make them hit on twos. Mm-hmm. Uh, four points a model for that. I think is, is worth we got Banshees. John, Banshees are great. They are. Um, they're very good. They're also fairly pointed. I'm actually really excited. I think I don't think this is super busted. I think it's very good, though. Yeah. They're the um, herald of the 28-millimeter base. <laughs> I think some of the Harlequin stuff is busted, but I think the Craft World stuff is mostly okay. Um, anyway, so we've got uh, only Banshees. Graceful Avoidance. Um, while the Exarch is in the squad, uh, you've got a 4-plus invulnerable save in melee. I think this is great on a squad of 10 Banshees because um, they're already going to be minus one to hit in melee. Yeah. Um, and then I two, think it's, two points a model to make them have a, a great 50-50 yeah. chance of just surviving is great. I think that's awesome. Uh, nerve Shredding Shriek. Uh, whenever you finish a charge move, you can select one enemy unit in engagement range with the Exarch and roll a D6. On a two plus, they take one mortal wound until the end of the turn, subtract one from combat attrition tests. That's 10 points. That's bad. Um if you wanted to take a power, like if you only had 10 points to spend on a power, I would still take it because if you think about the stat increases that you get on them, you get a three wound model, like the Exarch is three wounds, and they're getting an extra attack. So if that's worth 10 points to you, then maybe that's worth it. Um, and then Piercing Strikes is 15 points, and you get to add one to the damage characteristic of melee attacks made by the, uh, the Exarch. I think this one is like the offensive winner. Graceful Avoidance is obviously the defensive winner. Mm-hmm. Piercing strikes though, like because you can give them mirror swords, and then she's up to f- she's and with the plus one attack, then that means that means she's five attacks, so she's getting ten attacks at strength four with plus one to wound at two damage. It's a lot of attacks. That's pretty good. All right, we got scorps striking scorpions. Uh, Fifteen points for crushing blows. Whenever you make a melee attack that's against a non-titanic unit, if you hit, you wound. Mm, that's. <laughs> So that's only 15 points. Um, yeah. And they have a crap load of chainsword attacks. So, yeah. So what you do is you buy him a biting blade because that gives him plus two attacks. So that'll take him to six attacks. At like strengths. Well, the strength doesn't matter. Um, but I think it's minus two AP, two flat damage. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also a relic one that's uh, extra strength, but it doesn't matter with crushing blows. 
Uh, really good. Also, sixes to hit with scorpions explode. <laughs> so that's even better. Because those hits will auto generate more. And you can make them if they're bail tan, then you can also get sixes to hit explode again. You can do some cool stuff with these guys. I don't know. One unit of five destroyed thirty-seven constructs in one round of Dude. combat. It, it's it's I would say it's possible. Uh yeah, just wait till we get to the rules. So we got deadly ambush. Um, whenever you have, uh, whenever this unit fights, um, wholly within, uh, an area terrain feature, you get plus one to hit and plus one armor penetration for, for 20 points. I think that's, that's very good too. Uh, scorpion sting. Cause you'll keep in mind these, these units are probably not going to be huge. Like you probably want five man units of scorpions cause you want more exarchs, I think. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, anyway, Scorpion Sting, uh, this one's terrible for 30 points. I don't understand what this is 30 points. It's only for the Exarch model, and it makes it so, because Manda Blasters now, whenever you roll a 6 to wound, uh, they do a mortal wound in addition to normal damage. That's what Manda Blasters do for the unit. It's really good. Um, his trigger's on a 5 or a 6, and it's only for the Exarch. Yeah. So, like, if it were for the whole unit, then that's different. Um, but 30 points for the Exarch is terrible that's a terrible power uh dark reapers i don't think dark reapers are are something to write home about i think they're okay i don't think they're great in this book um but they have bringer of death um if the dark reaper exarch is armed with a reaper launcher shuriken cannon they can fire one extra shot if they're equipped with an eldari missile launcher a tempest launcher um they don't get cover against his attacks for 25 points i think that's too many points Focused fire, um, you get plus one to wound on his range attacks for 15 points. I think that's decent. Uh, Reaper's Reach, uh, you don't suffer the penalties for moving and shooting heavy weapons because Reapers do suffer that now. Uh, They don't always hit on a three plus. Mm -hmm. So um, they just ignore dense cover. That's like their special shooting bonus. This is not bad, especially if you want to be mobile with them and use Fire and Fade to like get behind cover. But two points for Fire and Fade is a lot of CP. So um yeah anyway something to think about all right uh any thoughts on those um i think uh, reapers are suffering from being super popular uh almost in every list that was seen and they've been toned down appropriately uh like like you said nothing super to write home about if you're going to take anything it's probably going to be reapers reach just to kind of give you a little hint of the old glory days um but the, this next aspect warrior shrine is the one I'm most excited about as someone who used to like 20 fire dragons. Yeah. So I think fire dragons are one of the most improved aspects and these powers all like every single one of them is, is pretty good. Um, so blazing fury is 20 points. Um, this gives plus four inches, plus four inch range on their, uh, ranged weapons. The unit has, that's amazing. So like their melted guns are four inches yeah. longer. Yeah. Yeah. 16 inches and their melted guns are melted at all ranges. So that's specifically important with them. I think that's, that's, that's really, that's really powerful. Uh, burning heat. Um, as long as the Exarch models in the squad, um, if you hit within nine inches, you auto wound. Um, that's good. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, I don't know. It's 25 points. I don't know if I, so, okay, here's the problem with this, right? This sounds amazing on paper. You get within nine inches, you hit, you auto wound, that's it, done. It's good against units that have like transhuman and stuff like that um, because you can just burn through that no problem. However, 
These guys are strength nine and they reroll ones to wound against vehicles and monsters. Mm -hmm. So like really a a three plus rerolling ones is really good odds. If you really want something to die, doom it. And then you're 90% wounding. Um, And I just, I don't know. I think it's a win more. Do you want to be within nine inches of your enemy with a squad of fire? Sure. That's well, yeah, probably. You probably won't be within nine inches because like, you'll just like, you know, battle focus away. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> unless there's a pesky crater. Yeah. Unless there's a pesky crate, you have to, you have to travel over. Uh, anyway, the final one is uh, dragon's bite. And so this is whenever a, dra- a fire dragon exert targets a vehicle or monster, if they have a fusion gun or fire pike, you get plus two damage. So that makes the fire pike like, I think plus six, I'd have to look at that again, but uh, D six plus six. Um, if it's a dragon breath flamer, it gets plus one damage and rerolls to wound. So I I think it's a nice little neat little buff for him, but I don't think it's good. No, yeah, I think so you probably want the plus four inches. The dragon's breath flamer is a one damage, so it goes to damage two. Um, yeah. and then yeah, the fire pike would be or the fire pike is a d six plus six, which is insane, and the fusion <laughs> gun is a d six plus four. Yeah. Imagine just looking at a seven wound character. I mean, like, nah, man. No, just... Sorry, it's not your day. <laughs> or or an eight wound character with hope I don't roll a one. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, good thing I have these fate dice. All right, so we've got <laughs> swooping hawks. <laughs> Actually, I don't think there is one for damage. I'd have to look at that again. Uh, man, swooping hawks are so good. Uh, these exert powers are not. Amazing. <laughs> they're fine. They're fine. But like you they're buried not. the lead so hard in that one. You're like, man, this unit's so good, but these powers are not. <laughs> All right. So we've got rapid re- uh, rapid redeployment for 20 points. They can fall back and shoot. Cool. Uh so suppressing fire. If they're charging your hawks, your hawks are dead. So like <laughs> okay. Suppressing fire. <laughs> suppressing fire in your shooting phase. <laughs> After this unit is shot. You can select one enemy unit that was the target or range attack made by the unit Swooping Hog Exarch and roll 3d6. If you roll over their leadership until the start of your next shooting phase, they cannot fire Overwatch, set to defend, or perform any actions. And any actions they're performing fail. That is oppressive. That's interesting. I don't know. Well, like I said, kind of like the rise of actions and things were like, you know, the, the second part of the primary and a lot of the new secondaries being action-based. Um, being like, mm, yeah, no. You're not doing that. It's interesting, right? Okay, so hear me out. Okay. So, like, most of the actions you want to take finish at the end of your turn. So, like, interrupting an action isn't super critical. Um, I guess if you know a unit is going to do an action on the next turn and just say, like, no, Mm -hmm. that's kind of interesting. But then there's also a mechanic where you have to roll 3d6 and higher than their leadership. I think it's, I think there's, it's cool. And I would like to see this. I would like to see stuff like this matter more. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that it's hugely impressive to me, uh, but maybe that's just my lack of experience showing um, with the new missions. Cause I've only played like, I don't know, maybe three games of them, four games, four games. Anyway, uh, the last one is winged evasion. This is 15 points again. Um, each time the unit is selected as the target of a range attack, if it contains a sweeping hog exarch model, um, they're minus one hit. So minus one hit from range attacks. That's okay. Uh, I don't think any of these are worth 15 points or 20 points or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that 
your Hawks are going to either be alive or they're not um, because of the nature of the unit. And we'll get to that when we see how far they can battle focus. Yeah, for All sure. Right, so God, that must be like so many paid upgrades for units. That has to be the only option. No, hey, John. Yes. But wait, there's more. So then we have pivotal roles. Again, so a, a big thank you to everyone who asked for less books to be carried uh, to all of their events uh, for the <laughs> Codex Eldari. Uh, this is for any Harlequin character. It doesn't even have to be from a Harlequin army. So if you're taking Harlequins like in Craft Worlds, you can still buy these. And boy, howdy, are they fun. Um, so we have Troop Masters. They have three different pivotal roles. Prince of Light. Um, Sadath uh, core units within six get plus one to charge. That's really good. Uh, this one's really, really good. Queen, Queen of Shards. Shards? Shards. Yeah. Oh, Shards. With yeah. a T. Yeah. It's a um, hard each time, <laughs> each time this model makes a melee attack and the unmodified turn roll of five plus, no one saves. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Please die. And then Veiled King. Uh, if, unless you're attacking a vehicle or a monster, unmodified uh, twin rolls of two plus uh, wound. So this is good with that sword that we talked about earlier. Well, where you throw out a billion attacks because it's turn four. Yeah. Yeah, turn four, ten attacks. When you're not hitting on twos, when you're on twos, two damage. Or maybe three damage if you want to spend two command points. Amazing. Yeah. Death Jesters. Uh, every t- <laughs> Okay, this one's 15 points. Harvester of Torment. If you roll a six to hit, uh, you get three extra hits. <laughs> That's pretty good, actually. But Danny, can that stack with anything else? Uh, yeah, you can get sixes explode <laughs> as well. So you could do four hits on sixes. It's really, it's a really good idea though that you do that on a model with only three shots. <laughs> um, <laughs> did I say? Yeah. All right. Uh, then you have Lord of Crystal Bones. This is twenty points. Um, when each time this model shoots, if hits are scored, unless the target is a vehicle or monster. Uh, they subtract two inches from their move characteristic and can't overwatch or set to defend. Uh, that's, I think this is the best use of him. Mm. Um, 20 points. You just give somebody minus two inches of movement every turn. If you, you want know, to. you know who hates this uh, more than anyone is my death. Shroud. Oh yeah. Oh man. No, that's right. Don't care. Right. They're like, we just, we don't, we ignore penalties. To oh, good. In. Cause I, Dude, Luke, sure how long it's been since I played death guard, but I'm thinking it was like, Oh cool. So now my bodyguard unit can't keep up with the body that they're guarding. <laughs> <laughs> Hooray for rules. Uh, yay. Uh all right, Rift Ghoul. Uh you get to ignore cover and an unmodified twin rolls of four plus. It does one mortal wound in addition to normal damage. Yeah. Uh I, I don't think you're I, right in saying Lord of Crystal Bones, but just screwing with someone's movement so much is just so it's, gross. It's just good. Like just messing with stuff a little bit, especially if they're being really careful, like can throw off whole games. Okay, the most fun model, uh, the Solitaire. Um, so we have Prince of Sins for 20 points, which is minus one to hit, and you can't re-roll to hit rolls against him. Yeah, that's good. I saw some... What have you Lord of Crystal Bones a dude to keep him in the Eldritch Storm range? Ugh. <laughs> to give him my... Oh, yeah, you know what you could do, too, is you could restrain them and then shoot them. <laughs> Wait, dude, I, there's a whole army here, John. We'll make this army. Yeah. So, so you restrain him, you shoot him, and like, oh, hey, apothecary, resurrecting like blade guard, you can't move. <laughs> time, time to take guess D three plus seven mortal wounds. <laughs> I've set up my entire army for this. 
Oh, the jank. So yeah, Prince of Sins. <laughs> John, I'm looking forward to seeing you order seven Farseers now. This seems like, a, this seems like a, the Quinnell special. No, I got to stick to the 15 armies I have. <laughs> All right, so we've got uh, Prince of Sins on the Solitaire is great. No rerolls to hit against him and minus one to hit. He's already minus one to hit in melee. Um, so that's just extra. Uh, Spectre of, De- of Despair. Um, so he basically gets to deep strike. And then when he sets up, uh, he gets to roll 3d6 and discard one of the lowest dice for charges. And that's 15 points. I think that one's really good. Mm-hmm. And then Thirsting Darkness, you auto advance six instead of rolling, and you get an extra three inches to moves and pylons and consolidates. So the Solitaire doesn't get a Sadath, so he doesn't get the ability to consolidate the extra distance. So before I'm going to stop you before you start, John. And just let, let you know that you can't consolidate. Uh, that was uh, one piece of jank I, I did pick up on. Uh, thank you, uh, Papa Games Workshop, for not giving me a 12-inch consolidating model. <laughs> Merely eight. Because otherwise otherwise I would have been uh, out buying three solitaires. <laughs> it's a stack of things. I, I was going to say, the stack of thing I can't stack. Let me cheat. All right. Uh, Shadow Sears. So we've got uh, Ancient of Pandemonium. Well, an enemy units within six inches, subtract one from attacks for 30 points. That's a lot. I think that's not good. Um, we've got Gloom Spider. In your command phase, select one enemy unit within 12 inches until the start of your next command phase. They cannot uh, benefit from enemy units' aura abilities. Um, that's good. Um, but I think it's not quite as good as the last one, which is 25 points, Mirror Architect. Uh, friendly Sadath units within six. They count as being six inches further away. Um, so this is amazing. Like with that kind of light Harlequin shooting build, I think mm-hmm. like making all your stuff six inches further away. And <laughs> I don't know. I just think there, there's there. I think there's definitely an army there. All right, man. So that's all the paid upgrades guys. Uh, there's a lot. Very Harlequin fluffy. Says, yeah, no, you know what? It's really cool. I'm glad that they're giving the ability to customize these characters a little bit more. Even more, I should say. Like yeah. characters are already pretty customizable, and now like even more so. So I think that's Games Workshop paying to its design strengths. I think that uh, uh, any kind of extra uh, like customization is going to uh, attract gamers in droves. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, Eldar have four chapter approved special missions. Um, this is for Craft World Eldar. So we'll start with Scry Futures. Um. This one uh, is a psychic action that you can take. This is a Warpcraft secondary. Uh, it's Warp Charge 4. You pick a... Uh, this one's so good, too. You pick an objective marker in range of the Psyker, and you roll the test. If you pass it, you get three victory points. Um, and then you have to do it to a different objective. Uh, every And then it gets one harder every time. But it's doesn't require you to like there not to be enemies on it right you just cast away you just do it you're like no dude <laughs> no I'm, I'm doing this let me scry this i'm doing uh, the my worst mind. is warp charge eight which with a lot of armies you can get plus one or plus two to that cast or plus four or plus four <laughs> sure <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're just manny chima spamming stuff here sure let's just do plus four <laughs> uh anyway it's good. That good. Um, under no mercy, no respite, we have Wrath of Cain. 
This one's so this one's so good. So score one victory point at the end of the battle round. If one or more enemy units were destroyed by melee attacks made by an aspect warrior unit from your army this battle round. Score one victory point if one or more enemy units were destroyed by ranged attacks made by a different aspect warrior unit from your army this battle round. Score two victory points at the end of the battle round if one or more enemy units were destroyed by melee attacks made by an aspect warrior from your, unit from your army and one or more enemy units were destroyed by ranged attacks made by a different aspect warrior unit from your army this battle round. So if you kill a unit by ranged and shooting, you get four points. Yes. Which is so good. It like is how hard is it to kill a unit with shooting from aspect warriors, especially if you have dire avengers? I think it's yeah. Like I said, it's not super aspect. I mean, and especially you have to obviously you know pick your targets right, but it doesn't seem like a hard one to max out. Right. Right. So I mean, if you do this three turns, like, and this also is battle round, so you get the whole battle round to try and kill stuff. It's not even just during your turn. So if they charge you and then like you interrupt or kill them somehow, you're getting that point. And like, it's not like no mercy, no respite has better options. Like you have, I like, mean, there, there's there's good ones, but I think that's a solid secondary. Yeah. Like if you have a lot of aspect warriors, I think it's I think it's really good. Yeah, like no prisoners grinding down to the last. Obviously, you can do builds like to the last, but with how lethal the game is right now, um, mm-hmm. and then with uh, no prisoners and grinding them down, this one doesn't matter how much or what you kill. If you kill two little piddly units, then you get your four points. Yep. Um, so then we have Scout the Enemy. So this one's interesting. Um, so one unit from your army can start to perform this action at the end of your movement phase if it's not within six inches of your deployment zone. If the unit performing this action is a ranger's unit, it's completed at the end of the turn. Otherwise, it's completed at the start of your next turn. When this action is completed, score two victory points if you're wholly within your opponent's deployment zone. Uh, or you're not within wholly within your opponent's deployment zone. And four points if you are wholly within their deployment zone. So this is at the end of your movement phase. So if you have the ability to like teleport rangers, um, which you do, <laughs> especially if you're like a Latok, um, I think this is really good. I think this is uh, decent on uh, the new Shroud Runner bikes because mm-hmm. um, they're so fast. So I don't know. I think it's I think it's pretty cool. Uh, this one is an, this one would be a good reason for that Hunters of Ancient Relics, John. If you had a, like a Ranger heavy build, yeah, I think that's I think that's very good. Anyway, right. I, I I think it's okay. I think it's okay. Uh, right. Shadow Operations is normally stuff like R and D, and I think you can max this one out a little bit easier. Um, if you have the right models in your army. I was, say, All uh, right. I was looking for, I see, the Webway Gate in conjunction with something like that there, right? Or is oh, there... guess what, John? Battlefield Supremacy is the Hidden Path, which is a Wraith Gate, Webway Gate specific. Nobody. Oh, wonder where I got the term Webway Gate from. <laughs> have you seen this? Have you seen the rules for that? It, Are you looking at them? It, it's beautiful. It's very, it's very cool. It's beautiful. So if your army contains a Webway Gate... That unit cannot set up within six inches of your own deployment zone. Um, if it doesn't contain a webway gate, um, during the first command phase, select one objective marker that's not within six inches of your deployment zone. At the end of your command phase, if you have the webway gate, you score a total a number of victory points equal to the battle round. Um, uh, and if you have a if you have one of your units within three inches of it, and no enemy models within three. 
So, and then it's the same thing for the objective marker, basically. If you control it within a Suryana unit, um, you get uh, uh, you get victory points equal to the battle round. Mm-hmm. So I think it's better on the Webway Gate if you're going to take this. And keep in mind, you're giving up something really good for Battlefield Supremacy. Like you're giving up Stranglehold, you're giving up Engage on All Fronts. Um, so you're, I think there's some risk here you're taking and taking this. But if your army is built around it and you're basically like, I'm going to take the middle of the table. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing that you can do to stop me. Like, I, I think that they're like, you just have a bunch of units in the Webway Gate, like aggressive melee units, like the Avatar, um, like Wraith Lords, like just stuff that like you don't want to mess around with. Just and Beef just City in the center of the table hanging out at the yeah. Webway Gate. Yeah. And so, yeah, this is especially fun against like, I think like, especially the Webway Gate is great against Space Marines that take like. <laughs> Oath of Moment. Yeah. I thought like, we, were, we were talking about that, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> why would I try and take the center of the table for my free point when you're just going to dump your entire army there with a thing <laughs> I can't destroy? Who wants to fight the Avatar? <laughs> Ooh, me. Oh. I don't. According All to right. Warhammer Community, Mortarian and no one else. Yeah, that's true. Actually, I don't think Mortarian even does really that good against him. Um, especially if they have, like, if they have a Farseer. Uh, doing some yeah. backup. He was the only uh, unit that was able to down the Avatar in the Warhammer community article, but yeah. he had no Farseer support. So, right. So, I mean, and keep in mind the Avatar is two hundred and seventy points. How many points is Mortarian? That's not important. So, Harlequin yeah. chapter approved rules. Hell yeah, we've got some secondaries for Harlequins. Harlequins have three. Um, so we have no mercy, no respite. We've got a deadly performance. Um, at the end of your turn, score three victory points if you do two or more of the following things. A Harlequin's unit from your army controls an objective marker that you did not control at the start of your turn. A Harlequin's unit from your army is wholly within your opponent's deployment zone. Two or more enemy models, units, sorry, enemy units were destroyed by an attack made with a ranged weapon by a Harlequin model from your army during this turn. Three or more units were destroyed by melee attacks from Harlequin models. I, I think that's fine, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's, it's, it, I think it's really easy to get I think it's not that hard to get on the first turn. Right. So you can get in your deployment's deployment zone pretty easy, right? Yeah. I mean, you can just, I, I, like, there's a psychic power for move twice. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't do anything else, but who cares? You could just shoot up, like, a squad as, or, like, a Star Weaver. Um, yeah, I think it's great. Because you can, like, advance, and then with uh, with light, you could, like, fire and fade mm-hmm. and move another seven inches and be in their deployment zone with, like, a transport. And then if they blow up that transport, there's another unit there to possibly score next turn. Hooray! We're here <laughs> to fight. Um, all right, so we've got uh, Battlefield Supremacy is Take Your Places. Gotta love the names on these, right? If you select the secondary objective after both sides have finished deploying, you must set up an additional objective marker. Oh, my God. In your opponent's deployment zone, and then your opponent must set up an ad- one additional objective marker in your deployment zone, and one additional objective marker within six inches of the center of the battlefield. All right, I already hate this. No one I ever hate takes this. this. So much. Why? Why are they doing this? Just, you're just going to Kanye West the table. I'm like, I'm gonna let you start, but first, I need to place down first, three more objective here, markers. Let me play this side shell game with you. <laughs> The, it's the three cups with the ball. Yeah. <laughs> oh, 
All right, which one has the objective marker in it? No, I'm just kidding. All right, so <laughs> these, t- oh, and they have to be not within nine inches of each other, uh, within six inches of a battlefield edge or one inch of another objective marker. These, God, can you, so first of all, can I just say the confusion on this is going to suck. Like which objective markers are which? Like you could even have ones that if you were take playing the neoprene objective markers, like you'd have one objective covering another objective. So you couldn't even see where one was. Like, oh my God, that's, anyway. These take your place objective markers represent positions that must be taken by the Harlequins for their performance, but do not count as objective markers for any rules purposes other than the secondary objective. At the end of your turn, you score two victory points if you control two. You score four four victory points if you control three. Never take this. I hate this. I hate this for so many reasons. Like, I I don't think it's bad. Actually, you know what? It is bad. You know why it's bad? Because you're not also playing the primary mission at the same time you're trying to play this stupid shell game, John. (laughs) There's nothing more fluffy to be a Harlequin. And not actually doing the <laughs> no. mission you're supposed to be doing and doing your own weird side no, bro. stuff. We brought our own objectives. <laughs> Harlequins are the army that show up at the party with the acoustic guitar. And these yeah, extra objectives real. are the acoustic guitar of this. They've got a six pack of Zima and they're ready to party. Nobody else wants them there. <laughs> so the last one they have is a Warpcraft one. It's called Weave Veil. Uh, Shadow Seers can attempt to perform this psychic action, Warp Charge 4. Um, one shadow seer from your army can attempt to perform the psychic action or psychic phase if it's within 12 inches of an enemy unit that has not yet been veiled by your army. If the psychic action is successfully completed, select one enemy unit that has not been veiled and within 12 inches of the shadow seer model that completed this action. That enemy model is said to be veiled, and the warp charge value of this is increased by one for your army for the remainder of the battle. Score three victory points each time you do it. It's okay. I think it's going to be hard to get, unless you go second, I think it's going to be difficult to get more than 12 points out of this. Mm-hmm. So if you can keep your shadow seer alive. Heck yeah. All right, John, we got relics. Relics. Dude, we're only an hour and 20 minutes in. We're getting to the relics. <laughs> John, there's so many relics. There's so many books. Again, big okay. thank you to the person who wanted to carry less books with them uh, to each of their games. <laughs> All right, so they previewed Coronas's bow. That thing is that thing is just bad. That's a three shot strength five pistol with shuriken. Um, if you wound, you do a mortal wound. All right, so the Phoenix Gen is for an Asariani model only. If it's destroyed, roll a D6 on a 2+. It comes back at the end of the phase, not in engagement range, with D3 wounds remaining. That one rules. Mm-hmm. That's so good on, like, Warlocks and stuff. And it doesn't hurt your stu- your, your other models anymore. Uh, I think it's great. Uh, Wait, Shard of Anaris. Could you combine the Phoenix Gem with the strat to come uh, bring back a Phoenix Lord? No. Phoenix Lords can't take relics. Oh, good. Oh, thank God. I was just sitting there. I was like, World wait a World second. Lords. Oh, because they're named characters. Good. Sorry, yeah. I'm worst case scenarioing everything no, in fine. this book here. That's probably a fair assessment to take, <laughs> considering the last couple. Um, so Shard of Anaris is for a... This is for a... Uh, uh, this replaces a Banshee Blade or Starglaive, so basically for an Altark. Um, it's plus one strength, minus three AP, one damage, and they get to make D3 plus three extra attacks. It's Okay. Yeah, it's all right. Uh, next, we have uh, Falchus Wing. So this thing is 
still there. Um, I actually don't like this. I think it's dumb. Like why? Like make this a piece of war gear for a character rather than a relic. Um, so it's for an Asuriani infantry model. They get 12 inch move and fly. And if they fly over an enemy unit, you roll a D6 on a two plus, they take D3 mortals. It's cool to make a foot character fast, but why not just put them on a bike or something? I don't know. See, like I just conceptually, I just don't like it that much. It's the mortals, I think, right? Like the idea, like you would throw that on like an autark or something. He can fly over something, do a bunch of damage, then charge it and do more damage. I guess. And shoot it maybe too. Yeah. Uh, So we've got fire saber. So this is replaces a Banshee blade or star Banshee blade or star glaive. It's a plus three strength. So that'll make the autark strength six. Um, minus four AP, two flat damage. If you roll a six to hit, uh, you do a mortal wound in addition to normal damage. Uh, it's okay. It's not nothing to write home about either, though. Uh, Sunstorm. They previewed this one. This one's great. It's the bike that gives you obsec. Um, so I think this is an amazing relic. Uh, Aegis of uh, uh, Eldanish. So this is for an Autark model. It gives them a two plus armor save and minus one to damage. I think this this that, that one's decent. Um. And then we have the Weeping Stones. This is the one I've been taking on pretty much. This is like my baseline relic I've been taking. Uh, this is for an Asuriana Psyker model. Um, each time you roll uh, Strands of Fate, you can roll one additional D6. So combining this with the with the Ulthway trait, uh, where I get to keep an extra dice and I'm rolling an extra dice, uh, it just means I'm controlling Fate that much harder and I just... So hard. All right. <laughs> so we've got the storied sword. This is for now we're into Harlequin relics. Um, also, just just so people know, you can take Harlequin relics and warlord traits uh, as long as you have a Harlequin's detachment. So you're totally fine uh, taking like these relics and warlord traits uh, that we'll talk about in a minute uh, if you take uh, Harlequin's. Anyway, storied sword uh, plus two strength minus three AP two flat damage. This is a replaces an Eldari power sword only. Its special abilities is it automatically hits the target. Uh, suit of hidden knives. <laughs> uh, Harlequin model only at the end of the fight phase. If the bear can make three extra melee attacks and they can't target titanic units, uh, if you hit with any, if each hit you get is one mortal wound. Meh. Uh, crescendo. This pistol is like almost interesting. Um, <laughs> it's so and close. this is how bad like pistols have to be so good to be like noteworthy at all, right? So it's pistol six, strength four, minus three AP, two damage with shuriken. So on sixes to wound, it's minus five. It's I think it's like it's almost good. Like six shots is a lot of shots. Um, yeah, it's it's very minus close. three AP, two damage is pretty good as well. I mean everything is yep. minus one damage now, but those who don't, and sometimes it's minus five AP. Mm-hmm. All right, so here's a good relic though. Um, <laughs> Finally. This replaces a Harlequin's Kiss. John, oh my God, wait till you hear the combo here. Love it. So it's plus two strength, minus two, minus two AP, three flat damage. Um, you get to reroll two wounds with it. So this makes your basic guy strength five, re-rolling, re-rolling failed two wound rolls, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you, If he's dark, he's minus one AP on this, on top of this. Um, so he's AP minus three. Uh, you can give him the warlord trade. So fives to fives to wound are no impulse save or not the warlord trade. That's a relic. Wonderful. Uh, Thank God you fall. Oh, no, it's not a relic. It's a pivotal role, John. We, oh, this sorry. So we're keeping this. It's not a relic. It's a pivotal role. I right? thought you'd fall into my classic blunder of no. just ignoring the rules. 
it's yeah <laughs> that's that's my favorite blunder right um i think that character is awesome i think it, you can make a troop master very fast you can make him advance d3 plus three and charge an extra six inches so like he can move he moves like probably what 24 inches minimum uh, it's a lot yeah What's your name for this combo build? 12, Every combo build has inches. a weird. He minimally name. moves twenty inches, so twenty-three inches if he gets out of the. Anyway, what are you calling this one? Because you have like the the slaplin, you have oh, like the the um other ones, the thunderhammer dude whose name I forget right now. Uh, what's that thing that they stick in your butt? It's called like the rose. <laughs> like you twist it, and it like it's a torture device. Do you know what I'm talking about, buddy? I have a very vanilla life. I don't know <laughs> what you're talking about. I'm gonna call it. Yeah, no, this is just this we'll is the call rose it master. The Paul Winters SEO. <laughs> Winters rose. <laughs> That's what it is. All right. Um. So yeah, I think I, I think that relic is is awesome. It's really good. Uh, Star Mist Rainment. Um. You. Can't you can't reroll to hit or to wound rolls against the character, and uh, once per battle in your command phase, you can uh, decide that he'll mimic Alos, which means he. <laughs> just imagine this is Taylor saying like he goes to kill God. And in this case, he gets the three plus invulnerable save. <laughs> imagine charging this knife eared character and having to put up with community theater while he avoids all of your blows. <laughs> Yo, the acting is so hackneyed. Oh, uh, all right. So we got the Laughing God's Eyes, the final relic. It's a six-inch aura of a five-plus feel no pain against mortal wounds. Don't take that one. All right. Hey, John, did you think those were all the relics? Because those aren't all the relics. There's oh, my gosh. The There's so many more. <laughs> uh, part two of this podcast will not be behind a paywall, but it will deal with data sheets. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so we've got the Avenging Blade. Um, so this replaces a Dire Sword for a Dire Avenger. It's plus two strength. If you successfully wound, it does one mortal wound. It's bad. Don't take that. Dragon's Fury is for a Fire Dragon Exarch. It makes the unit minus two to charge. That relic is excellent. Mm-hmm. Shadow Sting is for a Biting Blade um, uh, Scorpion Exarch. It's basically a plus one strength Biting Blade. I don't think it's very good. Um, I don't think it's worth it, though. I think it's just not good, that much better than the normal one. Right. There's better relics, right? Yeah. What about the Crone's Cream? Crone's Cream? (laughs) Is that butt cream, John? Oh, man. Fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. All right. Just kidding. Crone's Scream. Oh, that's Um, what it was. Once per battle at the start of the fight phase, you can select one enemy unit with an engagement range of the bear and roll a D6. On a two plus, they take that unit takes D3 mortal wounds and an additional one mortal wound for each charge move the bear has made that battle. Oh, screw you. Yep. Nope. All right. So Phoenix Plume is for a super arc X arc. They get a four plus invul save and five plus feel no pain. Like, talk about the most annoying character in the world. After his squad is dead, he's just flying around by himself, like, <laughs> like battle focusing across the table, like, without any kind of penalty. Like, Sand up right, little and, teleport homers, doing little stuff over here and there. Yeah, dude. He just doesn't care. He goes on your objective, like, it's like, what? What are you going to do about it? All right. Um, the Spider's Bite. This is uh, replaces the Power Blades on a... On a uh, a warp spider exarch um 
it's plus two strength, minus four AP, two flat damage. And if you roll a six to wound, it has damage three. I think it's good if you're going to take a Warp Spider Exarch and you've decided to charge him into combat for some reason. Um, you've got Kane's Lance for a Shine Spear Exarch. Um, after you make a charge move, roll a d6 on a 4+. plus. The enemy unit takes d3 mortal wounds and gets fight last. That one's dope. I would yep. take that. And the Shrine Skull. Um, if you have a... It's for a Dark, a dark Reaper Exarch with a Reaper Launcher. Um, if you kill any enemy models in the squad, uh, they're minus one to their combat attrition. That's pretty good. Yeah. So those are fun. And you can take those instead of your, if you want to take those as your free relic, you can take two of them instead of one. Nice. Yeah. All right. So we got warlord traits, uh, ambush of blades. You get to pick a unit, a core unit or character unit with the nine inches of the warlord and they get minus one AP on their close combat attacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, walker of many paths reroll one to hit roll uh, one to wound roll or one damage roll uh, for this warboard each turn okay that's fine falcon swiftness plus two inches to the warlord's movement they ignore the, dif- the effects of difficult ground um, and whenever they make a battle focus move they move six inches that's pretty uh, good. again that's okay uh, fate's messenger once per turn when a saving throw is made for this warlord is when a saving throw made for this warlord is failed change the damage characteristic to zero uh that's that's cool i think that's a good one mm-hmm. um mark the incomparable hunter uh whenever the warlord makes a ranged attack plus one strength and a twin roll of six uh inflicts a mortal wound in addition now quick question about fate's messenger if you don't get to take a saving throw at all because of minuses and, and maybe giant uh, invuln ignoring swords, do you still get to reduce the attack to zero? Yes. Okay. Because you still make the you, you still make the roll technically. It just you never would you never roll it like it, yeah. you can never succeed. Um, seer of the she, uh, seer of the shifting vector. Um, anytime you or your opponent spends a command point, roll a d six on a six, you get a command point. I think that's probably the best generic one um, out of these. Uh, Fate's Messenger is probably second. Um, I'd rather take mostly the Craft World ones. Mm-hmm. The Craft World ones are really good. Uh, Ultwise is great. Baltans is probably the best one in the game. Is one of the best ones ever. Mm-hmm. Chapter Master for his Warlord trade is so good. Um, yeah. Man, that uh, must be all the Warlord traits in this tiny book. There's three more. Sorry, oh my John. gosh. Okay, so we have uh, Favor of, Sigur- of Segarak. Um, once per turn, when you make its hit roll, wound roll, or saving throw for the Warlord, you can just choose to have it be a six. Really good. Yep. Uh, and then Fractal Storm is your, you can't re-roll to hit, to wound, or damage rolls against the Warlord, <laughs> which is really annoying. Um, and then finally, this is the one I like the most put in the future. Uh, whenever you advance, don't make an advance roll. Instead, just add D3 plus three. Um, and whenever you make a charge roll, it adds six. <laughs> That's gross. Well, if you add that to your little murder troop master. That's what I'm saying. He's a little speedy boy. Yeah, so he gets out of a transport three inches. He moves eight. He gets moves D3 plus three. So he's already moving a minimum of like, what, uh, uh, eight, 11 plus four. So 15 inches. Mm-hmm. And then he's charging you 2d6 plus six <laughs> and he can move over enemy models. So like he can charge over your screen into your character. If you've left room for his base, it's just Leroy Jenkins in it into your backfield. Yeah. 
So, yeah, Rosemaster rules. All right, John. Are you ready to talk about psychic disciplines? Dude, I've so, got so four ready. psychic disciplines to talk about. So ready. Oh, man. This is quite a book, I have to say. This is. Uh, we are so far uh, less than 40 pages into 90. Yeah. Well, and look, like, keep in mind, like, the, the data sheets are probably going to be a real quick description. Yeah. Um, let's see here. So, uh, Phantasmasty, um, is the lore for Harlequins. Uh, Twilight Pathways lets you do a Sadat core or character unit within six, and they make an, a normal move advance or fall back. However, um, <clears throat> they can't shoot or charge. Oh, sorry. They can't charge if they do mm-hmm. this. So you can't double move and charge anymore, which is a pretty big hit to Harlequins. Um, but you could you could fall back and still shoot, uh, which is nice. This gives you a second chance to fall back too. If you have if the enemy has some kind of an effect that doesn't let you, like witches or something like that, you can try and fall back and still shoot. Uh, Fog of Dreams um, lets you pick a core character unit within twelve uh, until your next psychic phase. They can't be shot unless they're the closest eligible target or within twelve inches. Uh, Mirror of the Minds uh, is Warp Charge Seven. Um, select an enemy unit with an 18 inch to the Psyker that they take D3 mortal wounds and then you roll off. And every time your opponent loses, they take a mortal wound. Until six mortal wounds happen yep. or your guy dies. Yep. Hopefully that's a dead dude. Um, or not, if you're not playing Harlequins. Like, <laughs> Hopefully you have seven wounds left and are far yep. away from an Eldritch Storm. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Mark saved from Eldritch Storm. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, now I gotta right. Photoshop that for Monday. Yeah, let's keep talking about me. <laughs> yeah, dude, you gotta make a yeah, name okay. of that. That's great. Um uh Veil of Tears, Warp Charge 7, selects an enemy unit with an 18 invisible to the psyker until the start of the next psychic phase. Uh models in that enemy unit cannot target uh Sadath units from your army that are more than 18 inches away with ranged attacks. Nice. Ah, that's cool. Shards of light. Um is uh, Warp Charge 6, selects an enemy unit within 18, invisible. They take one mortal wound. If it's a vehicle or monster, they take... Or a unit that contains six or more, they take D3, and they're minus two leadership. Bad. Uh, Webway Dance is a blessing. Warp Charge 7, they get a six, you get a six-inch aura from the Psyker of uh, sixes, uh, six up feeling of pain, which is, which is great on the bikes. Yeah. And, um, and it's not core... It's just Sadath units, so that does affect your transports and vehicles. So that's pretty good for them. All right, baby, we got runes of battle. So we only have four psychic disciplines, but since the runes of battle are actually two powers for each power, so technically we kind of have five. All right, so runes of battle, we have conceal, reveal. Um, conceal gives you light cover. Uh, reveal means you don't get the benefits of cover. Uh, from just a Suriani models. Mm-hmm. And you can only cast these on core or character models. Oh, uh, although Conceal is specifically not characters. So don't worry, Eldar have lots of core. <laughs> <laughs> lots of legs. Uh, <laughs> embolden and Horrify. Embolden is uh, plus, two leader, plus two to leadership and then also uh, fights first. Horrify is minus two leadership and fights last. Uh, warp charge seven. Uh, that one's so really good. good. Yeah, uh, eighteen inches, and it doesn't have to be visible, so you can be hidden behind something and still cast that on somebody. Um, enhanced drain 
is uh, plus one to hit, minus one to hit. Um, uh, and this is that's warp charge six. Uh, protect Jinx is uh, plus one to saves, uh, minus one to saves. Same as it uh, And the minus one to saves is not loss is not like you don't lose that to being any kind of other unit in your army so you still get to benefit from that even from your harlequins uh yanari if you're jukari like you could potentially get that in there as well uh that's also warp charge seven quicken restrain is warp charge six uh quicken is uh uh you get to make a move but you don't get to shoot or charge um Restrain is half movement and no actions. So that's really uh, yeah, annoying. Very good. <laughs> yeah, right. Like it's it's good. And then we have empower enervate, which is plus one to wound, minus one to wound, and this is only for core uh, units. But the minus one to wound is for any enemy unit. Those are so good. Like, but high warp charge values, right? You're looking at sixes, sevens, pretty much. Right, for sure. There's no fives. There's if no only uh, Elfway had really good warlocks where you get plus one to cast on a lot of those. Hey, look at that. <laughs> um, next, we have runes of fate. So these are like the farseer runes. Um, uh, so we have guide, which is a core or character unit with an 18 of the psyker. Um, they get to reroll to hit. So this is not just shooting. This is also combat. Um, if you roll, and this is for all these powers pretty much, if you roll a 10 or more on your on your psychic test, it boosts a range to 24 inches instead of 18 inches. Um, so I just like to say straight up, I think that is a terrible game mechanic. I think that's awful. Really? Like, I think this, like, no, it's just, it's it's so stupid. It's stupid. Like, what, like if, I'm, if I need my unit to have this stuff, I'm not going to risk rolling the 10 or more. Right. It like, just sort of seems like uh, I'm going to cast on this one. Oh, looks like I can get this guy now, though. Well, like, I guess if you have two choices and you have a preferred choice and you mm. can't make it to them or something like that, like, maybe I, I just I think it's I, I just think it's not good. And I know you don't have to declare targets until after you've actually, like, cast like manifested the psychic power. It's, I don't know. I just I just don't like that mechanic. I think it's I think it's a bad mechanic. Like if you should have a ten or more, it should do a boosted effect. Boosted mm-hmm. range just doesn't do anything. And I'm not gonna risk trying to cast that on a ten if I don't like there's no way. I'm gonna make sure that my unit's within eighteen inches of my character. I don't know. Anyway. Uh Doom is warp charge seven. Uh guide is warp charge six, so that's pretty nice. I do like that it's six now instead of seven. And it's better in every way i just don't like that 10 thing mm-hmm. I'm, I'm being picky. i think um so doom only is warp charge seven pick an enemy unit within 18 inches of the psyker and keep in mind now like both of these have gotten nerfed a little bit too because they're not naturally 24 they were 24 naturally before mm-hmm. now they're 18 um so uh until the start of your next psychic phase core and character units that target the enemy unit gets reroll to wounds so no non-core stuff getting re-rolled wound against uh, uh, the target. Uh, Fortune uh, is a core character unit within 18 inches of the Psyker. They get a 5-up feeling of pain. Um, this is odd. This is such a good power. Um, it just helps to boost the durability, especially a multi-wound unit. It's great on Wraiths, uh, like Wraith Lords, uh, that kind of, or Wraith or Wraith Guard. I think it's good on them too. Mm-hmm. Um, it's awesome on the Avatar. <laughs> Because then he's a two up armor save, four up invul, half damage, five up feel no pain. 
like I think he takes on average one damage every time a dark lance shoots at him. Or like no, it's half a damage. That's not great. Yeah. Well, from my perspective, from yours, it's amazing. It's a great combo. Yeah. Well, if you want to kill the avatar, you should pepper him with small arms fire. Preferably like strength five. Like that's what you need. I think that's the magic the sweet spot. Yeah. Play Tau. That's what I that's what I tell you. All right. So <laughs> Executioner, uh, warp charge seven. Select an enemy unit within the eighteen inches of the psyker. They take D three mortal wounds. If you kill anybody, they t- you take they take an extra D three mortal wounds. Um, you can't target characters with ru- with wounds of nine or less. Nice, yeah, I think that's great. Um, and then you have Will of Assyrian. This power has changed quite a bit. It's a blessing. Warp charge six. Select a friendly craft world's core character within eighteen inches. They get objective secured. They auto pass morale. And they can make uh, a- they can make attacks with ranged weapons and still action. If you roll an eight or more, it can be twenty four inches. Yeah, which I think that is that's a good power. I think it's that's when the extra use. range really kind of um, is helpful because maybe you're aiming at something to try and shore up an existing objective, but if you right. notice you can get extra range on it and get like because twenty four covers pretty much every objective you can get to. So. Yeah. Yeah. Or you can like put a character on an objective with just like a bunch of enemy like models that aren't and mm-hmm. then make it obsect and uh and then like just you don't even have to fight them you can just like stand there and be like no you don't get any points for that objective this <laughs> turn. It's pretty good. Uh Mind War is warp charge 7. You you roll off and add your leadership values. Um every point you win by the enemy takes uh, that many mortal wounds. If you roll a 10 or more on the psychic test, you can roll 2d3 instead of 1d6 to the, to your psychic, to your leadership value. Mm-hmm. Uh, add. So that's a good, like for 10 plus, I think that totally works. I think that's a great, like, right. I like that anyway. Okay. So next we have runes of fortune. Now runes of fortune were brought about like, this was kind of its own new discipline that, that came out in, uh, Psychic Awakening. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have uh, Fateful Divergence. So this is a Blessing Warp Charge 6. Uh, get a command point. It's wonderful. It's so good. It's like my favorite kind of power. Oh, it's just like it's a slam dunk, right? Yeah. You just feel like you're doing a layup. He uses his brain to make his brain bigger so he can do big brain things. Hell yeah. It's, he's like, no, dude. He's, I'm, I'm going to look into the future. What do I need to do? Oh, okay, like, cool. I see this. Eldritch, Str- <laughs> Eldritch Storm. Storm. Perfect. I only have I'm two only CP. What do I do? Well, wow. <laughs> let me show you, son. <laughs> uh, you got Witch Strike, Warp Charge 5. Select one model, this Psyker unit, or. Uh... Okay, whatever. Until the start of your next psychic phase, each time the selected model makes a melee attack. Uh, if that attack successfully wounds the target, it inflicts one mortal wound and the attack uh, sequence ends. Uh, yeah, that's dumb. Yeah. Okay. Um, Ghost Walk, uh, Blessing Warp Charge 5, select a core or character unit within 12. They get plus two inches to charges. That's real good. Mm-hmm. Um, Crushing Orb, Warp Charge 6, select an enemy unit within 18 inches and roll 3d6, adding 2 if the if the, if the vehicle or monster, every 4 plus is one mortal wound. Um, real good. I think that's a totally fine power. If you mm-hmm. want a damage power, I think that's that's cool. It's good. Uh, 
if you can target characters with it. Yeah. Uh, focus well. Warp charge six. If manifested, select one craft one uh, craft world Assyriani psyker within twenty four inches of the psyker until the start of your next psychic phase. Add two to psychic tests and deny the witch test taken for that unit. You love to see it, John. You love to see it. I mean, then why are we even bothering about rolling more than ten to get off your super long powers? I only have to roll. I only really have to roll like a seven. But like, see, a seven is 50-50. You never know. Ah, yeah, anyway. <laughs> All right. Uh, impair senses, warp charge six. Uh, if manifested, select an enemy unit with an 18 inches invisible to the psyker. Until the start of your next psychic phase, the enemy unit cannot be selected for aura ability units, uh, aura, uh, unit, aura abilities from units in your opponent's army. In uh, any, that's dope. In any other psychic tree, that would be the best one. I know, right? It's so good. Just, <laughs> no, you don't get auras this turn. Like, it's like, eh, I don't know. All right, the last Psychic Discipline we have is Revenant Discipline. So this is for Yanari. Uh, Gaze of Inyad, uh, Warp Charge 6, select an enemy unit with an 18 to the Psyker, roll a d6, subtracting 2 if, it, if that unit had a starting strength of 1. So basically if it's a character. Mm-hmm. On a 1 or less, they take 1 mortal wound. On a 2 through 5, they take d3. On a 6, they take d6. So it's like a, another smite, kind yep. of more or less. Uh, Storm of Whispers... Um, warp charge six, select three, uh, roll 3d6 for each enemy unit within nine inches of the psyker. Every four plus, they take a mortal wound. That's pretty annoying. I think that's great on the incarn. Mm-hmm. Um, word of the Phoenix. Um, this lets you bring back one dead Yanari infantry unit that's not a wraith construct, um, within six inches of the psyker. Uh, if it's, uh, troops, you get back d3 models. That's cool, Bill. I think that's a that's a cool psychic power. Basically, mm-hmm. like a psychic apothecary. Um, unbind souls, warp charge six. Select an enemy unit within eighteen uh, inches of the psyker. Each time your Nari model makes a melee attack, uh, an unmodified six automatically uh, six to hit automatically wounds. There's a lot of auto wound on this book on sixes, dude. Yeah, we. I mean, there, there's there's a bunch more. John. <laughs> uh, Shields of Yenied, um warp charge six. Uh, select one friendly Yanari unit, excluding Titanic units within 12. Uh, they get a four pinball. That's a great power, mm-hmm. man. Six for a four pinball is great. Um, also, it's just Yanari unit, not core. It right. can be anything. As long as it's not a big boy. Yeah, as long as it's not a real big boy. Uh, Ancestor's Grace, Warp Charge 7. Select one Yanari unit within 18 inches of the Psyker. Uh, add plus one to wound for melee attacks. Lovely. Yeah, that's good, too. Uh, man so many powers you love to see it uh and then going through here now we We got data sheets john yeah we do we're data sheets after almost 18 pages of crusade rules guys this book is so chonky it's awesome it's amazing I, i know i keep making jokes about being super thick and long to go through and all that but like the fact is like yeah, everyone did one. The last books to take it. This is almost a hundred pages of rules, over a hundred, including Crusade, plus yeah. a whole bunch of background. It's it's chunk. Yeah, it's it's almost as big as a Space Marine book, right? And the yeah. Space Marine book was thick. All Super right, thick. Can't wait for so, your point now. <laughs> uh, so it's basically your same, like more or less your same kind of uh, basic uh, uh, reminders and rules here. 
uh, for like how to make it attachment, things like that. So let's just move on to the abilities here. So we have battle focus. Um, they previewed this. I'm not going to go over this. It's really good. Um, favorite of Kane is for all the uh, Phoenix Lords. Uh, it's a four pimple save. They can't lose more than three wounds a turn. Um, they can't have a relic or warlord trait. Um, and then we have strands of fate. Um, so this, this is your fate dice effectively. So you roll six dice. Um, and you're playing strike force, 2000 points. You can keep four of them. You can keep five of them. Uh, if you are, uh, if you have the weeping stones relic, if you're Oathway, you can roll seven dice. There's also a, a custom craft world trait that lets you mess around with this as well. Okay. So then you note the dice rolls that you get. Um, you can retain four or five of these dice, right? Um, Ones are advanced rolls, twos are charge rolls, threes are psychic tests, fours are hit rolls, fives are wound rolls, sixes are saving throws. So you get to pick any number of those dice and keep them aside. And instead of rolling for those dice, you basically just take the substitute them out. So they're like kind of like the sisters' uh, mm-hmm. fate dice. These are just fate dice. Yes. Um, Very so, powerful. Oh my god, dude! It's such a good. It's such a good ability. Um. All right, and then we've got uh, deployment abilities, which we've got advanced positions, which are basically like scout moves. So infiltrate, you get to put them up on the table um, uh, before the uh, when you're deploying them, nine inches away from the enemy deployment zone, and then sudden assault is deep strike. And then sh- weapon abilities are shuriken weapons. So whenever you roll a six to wound on modified, it does, ex- AP is an extra minus two. All right, and then we have the harlequin abilities. Um, so uh, harlequins have harlequins uh, uh, panoply, which is their you know their dress, right? It basically gives them the rule four plus symbol save. Um, it's their flip belt, so they whenever they make a normal move, advance, falls back, or makes a charge, um, they can move horizontally through models and train features as they weren't there. Um, and then uh, melee attacks are minus one to hit them now, so that's an extra rule that they did not have before. So which is I think totally makes sense. Mm-hmm. Many units have rising crescendo, which is uh, uh, advance and charge and also fall back and shoot and charge. Yeah. Uh, there is a special rule. If you're a pure Harlequin's army, uh, you get luck of the laughing God, just like uh, the strands of fate where the Eldar special rule, this is luck of the laughing God. Um, so what this is, is you get a number of luck rerolls and these are for um, uh, to hit rolls, damage rolls, uh, saving throws, advance rolls, um, you can re-roll them. If you don't use them up, I'll be the end of the battle round. They go away. Same with fate dice. So for a strike force, you're going to get three dice base. So you're going to get three extra free re-rolls that you just get. And then you can choose to roll up to 66. If every dice you roll is different, you get that many more re-rolls to, uh, for however many dice you roll. So if you roll like three dice, you'll get... Uh, which is, I think, pretty likely to be uh, no doubles. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's probably like, uh, oh, I think it's probably like 10% or something like that, right? So you get like potentially six re-rolls, five or six re-rolls. If you roll two dice, it's a one in, it's a one in six chance, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they'll get a double. I guess it's way more than that. 10% is bad. That's stupid. That's bad math. Yeah, so two dice is a one in six chance. I think that's probably pretty good, and you'll get five free rerolls that turn, which is great. All right, so let's talk about data sheets. So first we're going to talk about Craft World data sheets, then we'll talk about Harlequin data sheets because that's the order that they're in. That's correct. That's factually <laughs> accurate. 
Yep, you're welcome. Uh, they previewed most of the Avatar stats. Um, he's 14 wounds. He's toughness 8. He's a 2-up save. He's got 7, 6, and 5 attacks. Um, he takes half damage. Um, he has a rule where he can't take uh, a Warlord trait. He ha- also has Battle Focus. Mm-hmm. So this is so bizarre, right? So he can move up. If he's within 12, he can throw his spear and then move D6 inches. That's nice. weird. Yeah, he also has the craft road rule. So if you have like Ultway, he gets a five up field no pain. He gets mortal wounds. Um, so there's like there's some cool combinations there. Um, he lets core units reroll uh, or ignore combat attrition checks and also reroll charge rolls uh, within six inches. And he can come back to life and fight. So that's the thing he can do. Mm-hmm. All right, Farseer Skyrunner. So stat wise, nothing has changed on this model. Uh, he's still two attacks. Um, Witchblades and Singing Spears are a little bit different. Uh, Witchblades are now minus one AP and two flat damage instead of D3. They still always wound on a two plus. Singing Spears have no AP, but they're three flat damage, and you can still throw them at strength nine. Um, as far as rules for this guy goes, <clears throat> he still has a four plus symbol. Uh, Ghost Helm now is just, they don't take perils to the warp. Farseers don't take perils. Um, Fluffy, he's but got annoying. Red- what's that fluffy but annoying yeah for real um and then he's got uh ride the wind so he gets six advance all farseers have runes of the farseer um so that means that when you roll your fate dice for every farseer you have you can re-roll one of the dice uh yep so that's him uh eldrad is uh a little changed so he's uh still toughness four he's got six wounds still um, he went down to a four plus symbol. He's not a three plus anymore. Uh, however, he does have permanent transhuman, so you can't wound him on better than a four. Because he's just glass. Because he's he's just dude. He's old. You don't want to hit him too hard. <laughs> um, he his uh, staff is plus two strength, minus two AP, two flat damage, and wounds on a two. And he's got three attacks, which is kind of nice. So he's not like terrible in combat. Um, he still casts three, denies two. Um, and his his main ability that makes him the best is he's got first of Ulthway, so he can reroll psychic tests. Runes of the Farseer is not a thing anymore, so like you don't get to reroll one of your psychic tests like per turn with Farseers. So again, that reliability of making sure you're getting those sevens means you're going to need some bonuses to cast. Mm-hmm. I feel like um, the regular Farseer hasn't otherwise changed. He's got runes of the Farseer, just like all three of the other or the other two Farseers that I just talked about, or three Farseers because Eldradus also has the Farseer keyword. Okay, Autark, man, what a model with a bunch of options. <laughs> so he's five wounds and five attacks. I do like that he's got five attack space. Um, he's got so many different options. Now he can't take uh. Manda blasters unless he has the swooping hawk wings um so just keep that in mind uh sorry about that um <laughs> some guy's yelling outside my window what's going on he's just one in the um, the lowdown of the eldari book dude he's the eldar book he's like man this is hype I'm, i've been listening for a long time <laughs> i'm so excited uh, anyway, um, so I guess what do I want to talk about? God, there's so many different weapons in here. Um, fusion pistols and uh, dragon uh, fusion guns are now always D6 plus 2 damage, which is great. He's got options for both of those. 
Um, the Banshee Blade is minus four AP plus one strength, one damage. Scorpion Chainsword is plus two strength, minus one AP, one uh, one damage with an extra attack. And the Starglaive is not no longer minus one to hit. It's just times two strength, minus three, two damage. So the Starglaive, I think, is the best melee weapon. Mm-hmm. Um, his abilities, he still gives reroll ones. Um, importantly, he, and he has four pinball. Um, he is superlative strategist, which lets you use the command reroll stratagem uh, twice per turn or twice per phase nice. instead of once. Yeah, so if you really need to reroll, um, you can. Uh, yeah, Prince Uriel. Uh, he's five attacks. He's six wounds. So he's plus one wound over uh, the normal one. Um, we talked about Prince of Corsairs when they previewed him. Um, and he's got all the other normal rules. The uh, the Spear of Twilight is times two strength, minus three AP, three fly damage. So it gets plus one damage over the normal thing. But there's no, like, he doesn't hurt himself anymore or anything like that with his attacks. Uh, the Autark Skyrunner uh, did change quite a bit. Very limited. Basically, whatever options are in that box are what the war gear options he has. So he can't take, like, a Lance and a Fusion Gun. He's basically, like, one or the other. Um he can't take a Banshee mask or uh, Banda blasters or anything like that. Um, so yeah, just keep that in mind. He's just a faster guy. I think you want to take him with the laser lance if you're going to take him. All right. So we've got Phoenix Lords. Uh, got to start off with the first Phoenix Lord. We've got Azerman. Um, the Phoenix Lords basically have the same stats. So I'm just going to talk about those really quick. They're movement seven, two plus weapon skill and ballistic skill, four strength and toughness, six wounds, six attacks, leadership, nine, two plus armor save. If they have different stats, I'll make sure to touch on that uh, for each of these ones. Like uh, Fuegan's a little different than, nor- than a normal one. Um, anyway, all of them also have Hand of Assyrian, so the six-inch aura of Obsec for their aspect, and uh, plus two to their leadership value. So, and they named all of their weapons now. So <laughs> there's no, like, he just has two Avenger catapults. Like, he has the bloody, the twins. bloody twins. Yeah. <laughs> So their assault six, strength four, minus two AP, uh, two flat damage or shuriken. And then he has the Sword of Ashur, uh, which is plus two strength, minus three, three AP, three flat damage, and six is to wound or D3 mortal wounds in addition. So six attacks at that, or I think he's he's very solid. Um, his cool ability is he has a three plus in save. The only model in this book, except for the solitaire. Um, and sometimes the Harlequin models. All right. But that extra Blue point God. of strength in that sword is the the world of wonder right there. The plus two strength? Yeah. It makes such a difference, yeah. man. Yeah. Going from strength five to six with all of the thickness going around right now is huge. Yep. Yep. Uh, especially like it's good against custodes. It's good against orcs. Like all of those are all toughness five armies. So. All right. So we got Baharoth. Uh, so spoiler, this is my favorite Phoenix Lord. I think his rules are perfect for him and they're so good. Um, so same stats as a normal Phoenix Lord. He's got, uh, Fury of the Tempest, um, assault four, strength six, minus two, two flat damage. Uh, six is to hit auto wound. Um, you'll see that with the swooping Hawks weapons as well. Uh, shining blade is plus two, plus one strength, minus three AP, two flat damage and six is to hit, uh, explode. Um, so his cool ability and he has sudden assault as well. So he can deep strike, but don't do that. Um, he's got <laughs> cloud strike <laughs> whenever this model consolidates or makes a battle focus move you can instead remove it from the battlefield and set it up anywhere on the battlefield more than nine inches away from any enemy models that fell oh my god yeah 
just a, like the possibilities for this model are so crazy, right? Like he moves normally, shoots something, battle focuses, deep strikes across the table somewhere else to charge another unit out of deep strike, right? Like, and then after he fights them and maybe kills like a squad, like then he can just consolidate and go back to the, back to your deployment zone. Like no model has that kind of maneuverability in the entire game. It's do it's you insane. feel it's going to be FAQ till once a turn thing? Oh, and even then, it's still yeah. Even if I it mean, is it's still great, turn. right? Like once a turn, but this is like huge. Like the amount of jank you can do. Yeah, and so keep in mind that the the aspect warrior, the phoenix swords, all have their aspect warrior keyword. So their aura gives them obsec as well. <laughs> So, like, he can deep strike back onto an objective and have obsec on it. Like, he's so good. So, he's a guy who can hold the home to objective in your deployment zone while zipping around the map, killing things. And at Still the end of the stuff. turn, goes back to look after your home objective. Yeah. With four shots, like, four good shots, too. I, yeah, I think he's, oh, he's amazing. All right. So, Fuegan is uh, strength and toughness five. Um uh, over a normal over a normal Phoenix Lord. So he's got his Lance, which is strength 10 minus 4, damage D6 plus 4, um, 18 inches. Or he can shoot a beam, which is strength 6 minus 3, 4 flat damage. And so he picks a target, and then any unit that crosses a line between him and that closest model uh, also take a hit at, at that damage. Um, the Fire Axe is strength user minus 4, 3 flat damage. He gets to reroll ones to wound, ones to wound against vehicles and monsters, and also he has unquenchable resolve. If he's lost any wounds, he gets plus one strength and attack. So him going to strength six is like a is like a real big deal because that makes him wound all that toughness five stuff easier, and he's also got seven attacks. Like, uh, and his, his attack three flat damage is dope. All right, we got Jane Sar. Poor Jane Sar. Um, so she's movement eight over a normal. Oh, sorry. And Baharoth is movement fourteen. Um, so he's he's quite he's Those are the boy. wings. Yeah, the wings. So uh, God, she's she's I don't know. She's lost. So she's got silent death, uh, which is a little uh, triskel that she throws. Assault six, strength six, minus three, one damage. Um, she's got the blade of destruction. Uh, so she can do either do piercing strike or sweeping blows. Piercing strikes are strength plus two, minus three, two damage, or sweeping blows are double attacks at strength user, so strength four, minus three, one damage. She's got Terror's Lament, so this is her Banshee Mask. Um, you can't overwatch against her um, or set to defend, and enemy units with engagement range of her are minus one attack um, and are fight last, which is, those are all really good abilities. Uh, she can also, with acrobatic, advance and charge, and is minus one hit. But like, she doesn't have the Banshee's normal rules of plus one to wound on the turn they charge. Mm -hmm. So I think her attacks are just kind of limp. And like, she's got twelve attacks potentially, right? Which is cool. Mm -hmm. But the normal Exarch is ten attacks at strength four with plus one to wound and two damage instead of one damage. Like, right. it's just like the Exarch is a better fighter than Janesar is like stupid. I think. Anyway, Karen, <laughs> Grand Ress. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. 
you were very close, John. The pronunciation was just slightly <laughs> off. Karen Dress. It must have been your Scottish accent. Oh, must be. <laughs> so, uh, uh, Araha's main is uh, is melee or shooting. Uh, shooting is 12 inch range, assault 2, strength 5, minus 1, 2 damage with Shuriken. Or it's strength times 2, minus 4, 2 flat damage. Alternatively, he can use uh, uh, ice. <laughs> Isomethyl, uh, which is plus two Sturmethyl. Is there's an R in there. Oh, there is. Sorry. I just thought that was another thing of the M. There's been at least um, 15 comments off of this of your pronunciation of things. Oh, it's great. Fine. I can't wait. Yeah. Anyway, it's strength plus two, so strength six minus two, one damage, and he gets double attacks, which is great because he actually wants to do that. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, and he's strength six and not strength four. <laughs> um, uh, the scorpion's bite is any sixes to wound do two mortal wounds in addition to normal damage unless he targets a vehicle. That's so good with 12 attacks. <laughs> um, and also, uh, so this is kind of an interesting caveat. So he's sustained assault. So each time a melee attack is made by an unmodified six to hit, this one additional hit. But additional attacks generated by this ability cannot benefit from Scorpion's Bite. So if he rolls 12 attacks and he hit, he gets like two sixes, right? And I hit the rest of them, right? So I've got 12 hits that I can roll. I have to roll those other two separately mm-hmm. so that they don't get Scorpion Bite. Makes sense. Yeah, I think it's probably just, maybe that was just, they found to be a little too tuned otherwise. Uh, finally, we've got Malganra. Um, so he's the same base stats. Uh, Magotar is assault six, strength seven, minus two, two flat damage. Sixes to wound are one mortal wound in addition. It's not shuriken, which I thought was weird. Mm-hmm. Like it's obviously a shuriken cannon. Um, and then in melee, it's plus two strength, minus two AP, two flat damage. Uh, he's got unescapable accuracy, uh, no dense cover, and doom incarnate. Um, every model he kills is two models for morale. So... Yeah, he's cool. Um, actually, does he have battle focus? He does have battle focus. Yes. Normal Dark Reapers do not have battle focus, which is something interesting. All right. So you've got Iliac Nightspear, the famous rider of the stove. Um, he is... Uh, Sorry, did you say rider of the stove? Stove. Did you not hear the story about... No. That was a that was an Alaska meta reference. Hmm. Oh, yeah, no, Randall no. left him on the stove. Do you remember that? Like, yeah, I remember Eric asking me for a year and a half afterwards if I had an Ignite Spear he could borrow. <laughs> yeah, that, that was the joke. All right. I'm caught up. So, got it. Okay. Uh, so, we've got he's got Voidbringer, which is uh, strength six, minus three, three flat damage. Uh, four plus to wound is D3 mortal wounds in addition. So, it means a good sniper rifle, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. He's got uh, Hunter Unseen, so you put him in terrain, and uh, he, if he, as long as he has the benefits of cover, he cannot be selected by a range attack unless the attacking uh, model is within 12 inches. So not even if he's the closest, just if you're not within 12, he can't shoot me. Um, he has Bringer of True Death. He gets plus one to hit and wound against Necrons. Bullshit. <laughs> and then he's got... <laughs> Okay, and then buddy. he's got the ranger cloak. Uh, sorry, I you know sometimes I just get uh, this, I just get set like on one side and the Barack Obama meme of him giving himself a medal is you complaining about things that are bonuses <laughs> to Necrons when they're both armies you own. 
Oh, man. Um, so he gets an extra point of cover um, whenever he's getting cover. So, and he's got a four up save naturally. He doesn't have an imble. Um, he's got a power sword. Nice. Uh, spirits here. Uh, he's cast one, deny one. Uh, he's got a four plus imble. He's got spirit mark. Um, so, spirit host core units within six inches, reroll to wound rolls of one. Uh, he's got four wounds and two attacks. Uh, yeah, and he can cast from runes, runes of, of fortune or battle. But what a great way to get Fateful Divergence for your free command points. Sure. Yeah, or give your Farseer uh, plus three to cast, or an extra plus two to cast, right? He can be your backup buddy. All right, so then we have uh, Guardian Defenders. Um, maybe take two spirits here. Who knows? Uh, Guardian Defenders have the same stats they always have. So three plus weapon skill, ballistic skill. Oh, no, they did yet. They are uh, now four plus armor save instead of five plus. A little better. You love to see that. Um, so they have uh, Shuriken Catapults are now 18 inches, Assault 2, Strength 4, minus 1. Um, Shuriken Cannons, of course, uh, Strength 6, minus 1, 2 damage. Um, with Both of those have Shuriken. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a heavy weapon now, though. So, um, Let's see here. So we've got... Uh, uh, they have the defender's rule. Um, so they reroll to hit rolls of one um, with shuriken weapons as long as they're within range of an objective marker. That's really good. I like, that as a, a, I like that as a mechanic, to be honest. Yeah, I think that's... I mean, is they're doing what they're supposed to be doing is like defending an objective, mm-hmm. right? Um, and that's po- that's contrasted, right, to the Storm Guardians, mm-hmm. which reroll ones to hit against uh, enemies that, that control an objective marker. So uh, let's talk about Storm Guardians. Yeah. So uh, they only have one base attack. Womp womp. Ouch. Um, Guardian close combat weapons are, are an Astartes, or an Astartes Chainsword. So minus one AP, one extra attack. So they do have two attacks if they take that. Um, two and ten Guardians can have a Flamer. Two and ten Guardians can have a Fusion Gun. A guardian fusion gun specifically, which is strength eight minus four d6 damage, and this is this one does have half range. So they give him like the uh, an actual. They just give him a melting gun that they like salvaged off of like some imperial guard. <laughs> they give them their cast off ones like here. Yeah, this one's shot now. Here, take this. Um, and then uh, two and ten can have a power sword instead. Um, yep. Uh, they can take the serpent shield uh, platform uh, if they want to, or serpent scale, uh, which is like a mini serpent shield. So they mm-hmm. get trans mini transhuman on a one or two uh, fails to wound, and they get a five up imble, uh, which is interesting. And they're ten to twenty. Uh, both them and the guardian defenders are. Uh, Rangers are five to ten. Uh, they have two ballistic skill now, which is nice. Uh, uh, their range long rifles are still uh, heavy. Um, still sixes to hit, do an um, extra mortal wound, but they are minus one AP now, which is kind of nice. Um, you can either give them a gloom field or a wire weave net. Um, so the wire weave one is kind of like people charge you and on a two plus you do some mortal wounds and give them minus two to charge. That's just, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, uh, gloom field gives them minus one to hit if they're more than 18 inches away. Um, so I'm probably not going to buy either of those for mine. No. To be totally honest, I just I don't think it's worth five points. So, 
Uh, they get advanced positions so they can kind of uh, scout up the table. All right. So now we have a troop that doesn't take up a troop's choice. Um, this is a brand new unit. We've got the Corsair Void Reavers. Um, so there are two there are two base attacks, but they have threes across the board on pretty much everything. Their leadership seven and eight for the sergeant, um, and they have a four plus save. Uh, all of them have uh, shuriken pistols, power swords, and plasma grenades. Um, so uh, that's kind of cool. A whole unit with power swords. That's a yeah. true choice. Kind of interesting. Um, they have a rule called Reavers in the Void. Six is to hit auto wound. <laughs> John, do you see where that's going? Yes. Um, uh, I also also like the part that's added on here that says, and is treated as an unmodified wound roll of six. Um, that's problematic yeah. to me. Man, how good is that on all those shuriken weapons? Yeah. Yeah. As soon as you hit, you're just straight up minus, uh, minus three AP. Uh, if your army is Battleforged, they don't take up uh, compulsory selections in the detachment unless the entire detachment is uh, uh, and Rethi units. So, so I think this is the drawback of them, right? Yeah. So they're like an additional troop unit you can take if you want to, or you can build an entire Corsair detachment if you take uh, Uriel, mm-hmm. Prince Uriel. So you can take a, because they have two different units. So you have this unit, which is kind of like the baseline Corsairs, and then they also have an elite unit as well. Um, you can equip them with all different kinds of weapons. Uh, you can you can give them shuriken rifles, um, which are like a, a shuriken bolter. Mm-hmm. Uh, 24 inches, strength four, minus one with shuriken, and rapid fire one. Um, they can take a wraith cannon. Um, <laughs> know, who did they steal that from? Who let them have that? Um, the the they can empty also take, construct they found. Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, for every five models, uh, they can take a blaster or shredder uh, from Dark Eldar, uh, and if they contain ten models, uh, you can take a shuriken cannon or wraith cannon. Um, the sergeant can have a mist shield, which is a four plus symbol. Now, the elites unit is like even more complicated. So these guys, think of them like a kind of as Vanguard, the Vanguard veterans of uh, uh, of Eldar. Mm-hmm. So they can take like all different kinds of weapons. Uh, there's like specialists in the squads. You have a Shade Runner, a Soul Weaver, and a Way Seeker. The Shade Runner is the guy with the two swords and the Warp Spider Pack. And basically, if you have him in your unit, if you charge, you roll a D6 on a two through five, they take one mortal wound on a six, they take two. So he's bad. Um, and then we've got, uh, uh, if you take the way seeker, the way seeker is a psyker. Um, and so, uh, that's, that's a thing that he just gets to do. Um, <laughs> he like, he just, it just adds a psyker that can take runes of fate or runes of fortune. So like he's a mini farseer. That's, I mean, and like he ignores, uh, he's got the, uh, 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 he's got the ability to ignore miscasts and stuff like that too. Well, like said, um, there's your the CP battery. Home. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a CP battery. Uh, they're not super expensive. I mean, that, that character is a little bit more expensive, but he's still fine. Um, and then the other guy, the, uh, uh, the soul weaver has the channeler stones, um, which lets you ignore the first failed save. Um, these guys have a four plus save. Um, you can give the sergeant a four plus invul. 
they have three base attacks and four attacks on a, on some of the specialists. Um, and yeah, they're all uh, one wound. That's a really complicated unit, like yeah. to be totally honest. I think that they're pretty good. Um, they can take extra even other weapons, like you can give them sniper rifles and stuff like that too, but I don't think you will. Uh, yeah, anyway, uh, they're cool. Moving on, Warlocks. Uh, if you take only... Warlocks are one to six choice. Uh, if you take only one Warlock, he becomes a character, and it, but his points go up substantially. So a single Warlock is... If you take a single Warlock, he's 40 points. Two Warlocks is also 40 points. Oh. So, but they lose character status if you take two of them. Um, yeah, otherwise, they're pretty much exactly the same. They can miscast. Uh, they're two wounds. They're two attacks. Um Let's see, you can take them for free. They don't take up detachment if you have a far, for every Farseer. You can take one unit of Warlocks. Um, if you have four or more of them in the unit, they know one extra power from Runes of Battle, um, and they can attempt to manifest one extra power. They don't have a mini smite anymore. They just have a normal smite. And then Warlock Skyrunners are basically the same thing, except they're one to three. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay. Dire Avengers. Newly so, elited. As before yeah, they group, were group to the elite slot, right? Um, they have two base attacks now. Um, they get the five plus invul save that all aspect warriors get. Um, they have defensive tactics, which lets them perform actions and still shoot. Um, the only thing that costs points for the exarch, they're 12 points a model. The only thing that costs points for the exarch is the shimmer shield. So that's a four plus invulnerable save. Uh, the power glaive is plus two strength minus two AP, two flat damage. The Dire Sword is a plus one strength weapon with no damage, no AP. Every time you successfully wound, you do a mortal wound. Um, the Avenger's Shrinking Catapult is Assault 3, Strength 4, Minus 2. It is a brutal, brutal weapon. Because um, 6 is to wound, are AP minus 4. Um, if you're taking that Shrinking, like the the, the Shrinking uh, Craft World ability, so mm-hmm. 6 is to hit, auto wound at minus 4 with 30 shots... If you lose, you know, a couple of Dire Avengers for two command points, they can shoot twice. They can action still shoot. They can shoot and then battle focus away. Like, it's such a versatile unit. And, like, they are, they hit, they hit really hard. Um, if they're coming out of their transports, you can get plus one to wounds. So and now they're wounding toughness seven things on fours. Anyway, very good unit. Fire Dragons. Uh, they talked about them a little bit on Warhammer Community. They're toughness four now. Uh, they reroll ones to wound against vehicles or monsters. Um, we talked about the dragon fusion gun. Uh, the fire pike is D6 plus four base, uh, which is pretty good. Uh, Banshees. Uh, oh, and fire dragons are 23 points a model. Seems fair. Yep, that seems totally fair. Um, Howling Banshees are uh, still a four plus save. They're movement eight over a normal aspect warrior. They're uh, three, they're three base attacks. Uh, Exarch is four. Um, the Banshee Blades are, we talked about those, uh, Executioner is plus two strength, minus three AP, two flat damage, so you can make it three flat damage if you want to, if you give her the Exarch power. And the Mirror Swords let her double attack, we talked about that a little bit. Um, the Banshee Mask itself, uh, so no Overwatch, um, and if they're in engagement range of the unit, um, they are uh, fight last. Uh, they get plus one to wound on the turn they charge, and they can advance and charge and are at minus, under minus one to hit. I think, yeah, Banshees are great. 18 points a model seems like a fine cost for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, no complaints whatsoever about that. I think that's totally reasonable for what they are. 
<coughs> striking scorpions. Um, so they have advanced positions so they can infiltrate up the table. Uh, they still they have the th- they have their three plus save, five plus invul. Um, scorpion chain swords are plus two strength, minus one AP with an extra attack, so they go to four attacks a model. Um, the Exarch might have four, six, or seven attacks. Who knows? Um, it depends on what upgrades you give them. <laughs> that, that's the secret. <laughs> uh, the Scorpion Claw is the same, just like you would expect it to be. Uh, Manda Blasters, unless they're targeting a vehicle or monster, um, unmodified wound rolls of six take a, do a mortal wound. So Karandarus can Manda Blaster monsters, and Scorpions can't. Mm-hmm. Um, they have sustained assault, so six is to hit, explode an extra hit, so they're that much more potent. They're so good. I think they might be better than Banshees. Um, I like that style of unit more with a more weight of attacks. Mm-hmm. And strength five is a big breaking point, so they're good against toughness eight. Yeah, I like them a lot. <sighs> All right, Wraith Blades. Uh, this unit is probably overpriced. Okay. They're 40 points a model. Which is a lot. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, toughness six, three wounds, three attacks, three plus armor save. Uh, movement five. So they're slow. Um, Wraithbone form means they're minus one damage. Um, if they take the swords, they get plus two attacks. So they're five attacks a model at strength six, minus three, one damage. Or if they take the ghost axes, they're strength seven, minus three, two flat damage. Um, the four shield is just a four plus invulnerable save. Mm-hmm. Um, they're 40 points with swords and 45 points with, uh, uh, with axes and shields. It seems spendy. I, I think so. I don't know. You can probably make like a smaller unit work. I think, um, it depends on what craft world you take. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm kind of, I'm real iffy on them. Uh, let's talk about Wraith Guard. Yeah. Uh, I think they're probably overpriced too. Uh, so they're 40 points a model. They're five extra points if you give them the D scythe. Um, same basic stats as the normal uh, Wraith Guard. Now, the D scythe is 12 inch range, assault D6, strength 10 minus 4, 1 damage. It has blast. And each time an attack is made by this weapon, an unmodified to wound roll uh, of 6 inflicts 1 mortal wound in addition. Um, now, Wraith, Wraith Guard have an ability called War Construct, which lets them shoot into combat. But since the D Scythe has blast, it can't. Yeah, because that's part of their the main blast rule or the shooting into combat rule, right? Not the anything else. It's part of the blast rule yeah. specifically, not the yeah. So that's really not good. Like if those things, if the if those did not have blast, like they would be so much better. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the normal Wraith Cannon is 18 inches, strength 10 minus 4, damage D3 plus 3, and uh, 6 is to wound, do a mortal wound in addition to damage. Um, so they don't get to fall back and shoot anymore. They just get to shoot into combat, which is which is a fine. Mm-hmm. Um, they also lost their Wraith Bone Fists, but so instead of having one attack that does 2 damage, they have 3 attacks that do 1 damage at strength 5. So, I don't know, that's kind of an even trade-off, I think. Now... Probably my favorite unit in the entire Eldar range after Eldrad is the Wraith Lord. I think they are like the coolest looking units. I love Wraith Lords. I've always loved Wraith Lords. They've been a personal favorite of mine. Um, so their overwork is now they're nine wounds. So they don't degrade. Mm-hmm. Um, they're still toughness eight. They're still four attacks. They're three plus armor save. Um, they're movement eight. Um, 
So the uh, if you give them the Wraithbone Fists, their strength user minus three, three flat damage. If you pay for the sword, and I think it's worth it, um, you get uh, either plus two strength, so strength nine minus four, D3 plus three damage, or they can do a sweep attack where they get eight attacks at strength seven minus two, two damage. Um, and they're still mi- they're minus one damage. They have strands of fate. I think they're they're so good. Mm-hmm. Um, like they're a hundred points base. You hundred point one hundred fifteen points if you give them the sword. Um, so with shuriken catapults, and you just run them around. I mean, I think they're just like they're like a little contemptor dreadnought that's going to be super annoying to deal with. Yeah. All right, moving on to fast attack. Um, so now we're on to wind riders. Uh, wind riders are three to nine. Um, they are uh, toughness four, two wounds, and they got a three plus armor save back. Nice. Yeah, because they went down to four before, right? Yeah, they were down to four. Mm. Um, they can still take the scatter laser shuriken cannon or the twin catapult. So they're twenty points with the with base with just the twin catapult, and it's five points for the scatter laser, ten points for the cannon. So they really knew that the cannon, if you spam the cannon, it was going to be the best choice because mm-hmm. two damage is really good and shuriken. Um, they have auto six advance and they have swift, they have swift demise. So if they target a unit that's within range of objective, an objective marker, they reroll to hit rolls of one. Nice. So I like that. I actually think I might, I might like these guys with twin shuriken catapults. Like nine of them is only 180 points. And just for kind of that reaction and also being able to kind of be away from your rerolling characters. Yeah, yeah, sure. Well, like, okay, so just, but just consider this, right? Mm-hmm. So they can, they shoot 18 inches now. So they can be kind of far away and then they have battle focus. Mm. So they can move, like they can hide again or get out of range again. Like, I think you can do some cool stuff with that. Um, And, uh, yeah, like like just pepper them with shuriken. I think it's totally I think it's totally viable. And twenty points is not much for eighteen wounds of toughness four, three plus armor save and Eldar. Yeah. Uh Vipers are one to three. Uh their toughness their toughness five, six wounds. Um they uh they also get six inch auto advance. They don't have any other special rules, they get to take heavy weapons. Um there's nothing going on with Vipers right now, I think. Mm-hmm. I think you could maybe make them into shirking platforms because they're not, like, super expensive. But I think I'd rather take Warwalkers. Right. Um, oh, man. Okay. So here's the best out of sheet in the book. So we got Swift <laughs> Knocks. All right. So they're uh, five, to not, 5 to 10. Um, movement 14. Um, they have uh, all the aspect. Yeah. Thank you. Perfect. John. You're welcome. That was actually a hawk too. It was. Perfect. It was. Uh, I absolutely meant to do that and didn't just accidentally elbow the board too. <laughs> All right. Um. So let's see where to start. Okay. So the hawk's talon is the exarch weapon. It's assault four, strength five, minus one, six is to hit auto wound. Uh, the las blasters are now also assault four, strength four, and six is to hit auto wound. So that's a serious blow. That's a serious glow up right there mm-hmm. already. Like that's Gam auto, with the auto, auto wounding and an extra shot per weapon. Uh, Cause I don't, maybe they were four shots before at strength three, but they went up to strength four. Um, so that's great. They have a five plus invul save now. And then they have sky leap. 
And so Skyleap is, you would think, oh yeah, sure, they can like go back up to Deep Strike once per game. How about every time they battle focus? No, dude. Every time they battle focus. So these guys are just going to be like shooting and then oh, battle no. focusing wherever they want. I thought that was just for the Phoenix Lord. It's for the basic guys too. Yeah, the basic guys get to do that. The Phoenix Lord just gets to also do it when he consolidates. It's really good. It's so good, man. It's They can be anywhere you need them to be. They're the ultimate objective grabber. They just, they're, they're very, they're very good. Um, 18 points a model for them. Uh, warp spiders. <clears throat> uh, warp spiders are movement 12. Uh, they have a three plus armor save as well. Um, the warp spider generator lets you uh, battle focus for 2d6. If you roll double ones, um, you take a mortal wound. The unit does. So gotcha. not each guy or anything. Um, the death spinner is 12 inch range assault D six strength six minus two with blast. It's not auto hit. There was a rumor out that it was going to be auto hit, mm-hmm. but it's not. Um, but still the Exar can take an additional, uh, death spinner and power blades. So you're looking at like a unit of five puts out six D six shots at strength six minus two, um, with blast. In addition, the first time each phase this unit is selected as the target of a charge, it just gets to move six inches. So, yeah, they're they're great. Um, imagine them in that terrain piece too. Like, yeah. you do not want to mess around with this with the with the spiders in that. <laughs> like, because like you're going to be minus two to charge. They're just going to leave. You're not going to get to fight them. Just chill up right. at the table. What's that? Just shalobin at the table. Yeah, there you go. Um, so then we have shining spears. So shining spears have fallen from grace quite a bit. Um, they're sixteen inch. They're sixteen inch moves still, um, which is great. Um, they still get the auto six inch advance. Um, so in time, Han, like being able to move twenty two inches and charge is still definitely a thing that they can do. I don't know if it's it's not as good as it used to be, um, but it's still decent. Um, there are three attacks. Um, Exarch is four. Um, they have laser lances and twin shuriken catapults. Um, the Exar can take a shuriken cannon. He can take a shimmer shield, which gives him a four up invul. Um, and he can take a paragon saber or a laser or the star lance. Uh, the star lance is now uh, is still strength eight uh, on the turn he charges. It's plus five strength. Um, laser lance is plus three strength on the turn they charge. Otherwise, it's plus one strength. Um, so it's not strength three anymore. So that's good. Still mm-hmm. minus four, two flat damage on both of those. Um, the Paragon Saver uh, gives you an extra attack, um, and it lets you reroll to hit and to wound. It's plus one strength, minus four AP, one damage. Um, they have Acrobatic Grace, so they are minus one to hit. But they're not four plus invul or three plus invul like they used to be, um, or two plus invul on the on the Exarch. Uh, thank God they kind of fixed those guys. <laughs> They're a little oppressive before. This is a much more balanced unit now. Yeah, yeah. I think they're totally fine now. They're worth the cost, but I don't think they're they're broken or anything. Um, and they are. Oh man, how many points is a shining spear? I don't know. You look that up here while you're uh, talking. Um. Oh, sorry. I'm already there. <laughs> Uh, they are 35 points a model. Uh, I thought I was there. I was not. An extra 10 points for a star lens. Yeah, which I think is probably worth it. Um, Shroud Runners, uh, three wounds, two attacks, four up armor save. Uh, they move 16 inches. 
Um, they have auto six inch advanced. They have the shroud runner cloak. Um, so they get light cover as if they were infantry. Um, and they get plus one to armor save. If they get an extra plus one to their save, uh, uh, if they already are getting cover, um, they have target acquisition. So at the start of your shooting phase, selects one enemy unit within 12 inches of this unit. At the end of the phase, each time an outcast unit from your army makes an attack against them with a ranger long rifle or void bringer, um, which is uh, Iliac Night Spears rifle, uh, the enemy unit doesn't get cover, and they have swift scouts, so they get a free move before the game starts. 16 inches, as long as they don't uh, end within 9 inches of any enemy models. They have a 2-plus ballistic skill, and they also have scatter lasers. So, like, a unit of five of them still throws out, like, 30 strength six shots mm-hmm. and also five sniper rifle shots. They're just a little expensive at 35 points a model. Yeah. But they're really cool. Warwalkers. Uh, so, Warwalkers move 10, uh, toughness six with six wounds. They have a three-plus armor save, which is great. Um, they also have a five-plus invul uh, from the power field. They have advanced positions. They don't have battle focus, unfortunately. Um, yeah, they're great. I think they're they're totally good. They're fifty five points base um, with uh, uh, I think with scab lasers, and then they're an extra five points for each shuriken cannon. Um, so that's probably a pretty good pretty good buy there. Um, they're eighty five points if you take two bright lances, and that makes them if you think about it, that makes them pretty close to a. Uh, uh, the Admech uh, mm-hmm. walkers, um, the chicken walkers. God, why can't I remember? The Ballastari, yeah. Uh, with like very similar weapons. Mm-hmm. Um, arguably, the war walkers are probably a little bit better. Right, because of the support that you can bring to them. Well, they're not core, so there's less stuff that you can do, but um, they they do uh, move They move faster. Mm-hmm. Um, they have uh, better, uh, better impulse save. And better, uh, and they have the weapon is arguably worse because uh, it's strength eight instead of strength nine, mm-hmm. um, but it is minus four AP instead of minus minus three. Anyway, so yeah, they're good. Dark Reapers are overpriced. I think um, they ignore dense cover. Um, they don't have battle focus. Um, the missile stats are the same, um, but they don't ignore like to hit penalties or anything like that. And I think that's a real problem for them. Um, the Tempest Launcher is heavy 2d6, strength 4, minus 2 with blast, and it's uh, no no LOS. It's 36 inches. Um, but yeah, that's basically that unit. Um, so next, we have support weapons. These guys are probably really undercosted, and this is probably the thing I can see them fixing the most, especially Shadow Weavers. I just think that 45 points for 45 points is too cheap for an indirect uh for indirect shooting mm-hmm. um per platform so they're a unit now so their strength five their toughness five five wounds and a four plus armor save um <clears throat> you don't split them up after deployment um so d cannons uh they preview the the stat changes on those they're great um, shadow weavers are 48 inches strength six minus two ap one damage and they're blast and can target units that you can't see um which is they're very good vibro cannons are weird vibro cannons are 48 inches they're always weird uh heavy d6 strength seven minus one two damage and they have the sonic dis- destruction rule if they sh- if an enemy unit excluding units that can fly is selected as a target of two or more vibro cannon attacks 
that models in this unit are equipped with, um, you get auto hit. And then if an enemy unit is targeted of three or more, uh, they auto hit and get plus one to wound. So 3d6, strength seven, minus one, two damage that get plus one to wound. I think that's 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 good. It's pretty good. It's not 400 points for nine uh, 9d6 indirect fire shots, though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah, ex- precisely, John. You've nailed it. Uh, the Falcon. Man, the Falcon is good, actually. So still movement 16, still 12 wounds, still toughness 7. Um, it doesn't have any special... Uh, uh, like defensive abilities unless you buy it some um, the different weapon upgrades are great uh, the pulse laser is now heavy 2 strength 9 minus 3 damage d3 plus 3 mm-hmm. um, so it got a huge glow up that thing is awesome now um, so you've got crystal targeting matrix which lets you ignore ballistic skill uh, penalties uh, or sorry ignore modifiers to the hit roll my bad um, and then you have uh, spirit stones. You count as double wounds for um, for bracketing. Sp- star engines give you three inches to the model's move characteristics, so it moves 19 inches at full capacity. That's pretty quick. And then you've got vectored engines, which which once per battle can give you gives you battle focus. This is going to be really important for fire prisms. I think this is like that's like the way that you use them. Mm-hmm. Um. It has the cloud strike rule, which is basically the same as drop pod assault. So it can deep strike on turns one, two, or three. And then when it deep strikes, the unit inside can get out as long as they stay nine inches away from the enemy. And it can take six models. Yeah. So yeah, I think the Falcon is totally good. It's 140 points base. Um, it's it's great for its points. Like it's back in the day, several editions ago, I took them as like little fire dragon carriers uh, yeah. to drop down and like uh, it's... The fact that I can do that turn one with Cloud Strike now is amazing. <laughs> yeah, do you remember how awful it was because they like didn't scatter and they just get to get out and blow something, blow Dude, like three fr- things up. My friendly, list and they were all ballistic skill two plus. Mm. Yeah, those are the days, John. Mm-hmm. All right, so now we got Night Spinners. Uh, the Doom Weaver is now heavy two d six, strength seven minus two, two damage. Um, still, bla- it's got blast and it can target units that it, that you can't see. It can take any of the ranged upgrades. Um, otherwise, it's 145 points, <clears throat> I think. Yep. Um, it's totally good for those points. I think it's 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 solid. Um, it might it's it's a good contender um, between those and the Shadow Weavers. Which one is better? Uh, they're very similar points. So it's 135 for three Shadow Weavers, or uh, 145 for the night spinner. The night spinner is a lot faster. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's definitely some like kind of more table play. You get options with the night spinner. Otherwise, uh, they're pretty close to the same. All right. Uh, so we got the night spinner. We talked about that. We got the fire prism. All right. So they preview the fire prism shooting power. So kind of the combo here is that you use vectored engines to give them battle focus and you pop one out. You give them both vectored engines. You pop one out, use linked fire, they both shoot. You shoot that that the one that popped out, and then you battle focus it back out of, out of line of sight. And then the next turn, you use battle focus on the other one, linked fire, and blow something <laughs> up with that. So dumb. Yeah, because a lot of people were underwhelmed by the fire prism by what was kind of leaked, but kind of being able to just Roomba in and out turn over turn. Yeah, I mean, it just lets you make it. So it lets you facilitate trades with no response. Mm-hmm. 
which is good. Turns out that's the thing people like to do, right? Not me. <laughs> All right. So just kidding. I love to do that. Um, we've got uh, Wave Serpents, uh, still 13 wounds, uh, still three up save. Um, the Wave Serpent Shield is now actual transhuman, which is awesome. And then they get a five plus symbol. Also awesome. Yeah. They're just better. Durable little troop carrier. Yep. Still 12 models that it can hold. Uh, Crimson Hunter. So it flies real fast. It's a uh, three plus armor save, which is nice. Not four plus. Um, it has Sky Hunter. So it gets plus one to hit and reroll to wound rolls uh, against uh, targets that can fly. Um, it has the normal hard hit, supersonic, airborne, all that stuff. Um, can still take bright lances, and the pulsar has got as much better, or uh, star cannons if you want. Uh, next, we've got the hemlock. Oh, and it's like uh, 180 points, I think, um, for that bad boy. The crimson so hunter. Upgrade, upgrades, you're looking at a lot more. Am I right? Uh, let me look here. Oh, sorry. No, you're you're all good. Like right as you were talking, your mic levels dropped. I'm like, oh no. So I. Oh no. Okay. Sorry about that. Oh no, you're good now. Um. Boy, boy, howdy, are you good? Oh, I'm powerful. <laughs> you powerful. Uh, Crimson Hunter is 170 uh, base, 10 points for the Bright Lands. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah, it's still overpriced. Mm-hmm. All right, we've got the Hemlock Wraith Fighter. Uh, he's got the two heavy D sites. They're now heavy D6, strength 12, minus 4, 2 damage. With Blast, they're not flamers, so they don't auto hit. Um, and then six is to wound or one mortal wound. In addition, it has the Mind Lock pods which still give a minus two uh, to leadership. The cool thing about the Hemlock is that it has Wraithbone form, so it's minus one damage. Um, and it's still a Psyker, which is annoying. Um, but I think it's overcosted. Am I, uh, am I missing something, Danny, here? Did they miss the, uh, Did they lose their second uh, turn? Oh, yeah, they lost Wings of Cain. So, yeah, all of the Flyers lost Wings of Cain. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay. Good. But, Good. like, the stuff just hasn't had that. No. When they've been reprinting it. Aircraft were irritating enough. Maybe they decided that they were, they were sick of Thank that shit. Thank God. Let's yeah. consign it to the bin of addition fatigue and still doing it anyway. But he's, uh, I think, 220 points on that guy. 210. 210, okay. All right, uh, we've got the Wraith Knight. Uh, he's cool. Uh, 22 wounds, uh, movement 12, uh, strength and toughness 8, uh, 5 attacks. The attacks never go down. He only degrades movement. It goes 12, 10, 8, and weapon skill and ballistic skill, which go 3, 4, 5. Um, the, uh, if you just give him his feet, he only gets to attack with 5 attacks. If you give him the Ghost Glaive, he gets plus 6 strength, so he's strength 14. Minus four, six flat damage or a sweep attack for for fifteen attacks at my, at strength eight minus three two flat damage. Um, the uh, agile construct gives him a five plus symbol save, but if he takes the scatter shield, he becomes a four plus symbol save. So the sword and shield is like pretty cheap and totally uh, good because he's you know you know how much the sword and shield cost? How much? Uh, zero. That's what I thought. So he's like, what, like 400 points? He has uh, 400 points uh, with the sword and shield. So a 400 point, 22 wound, uh, toughness 8, 
monster or Polar War with a four up invuln. And minus one damage. And minus one damage. And he can fall back and charge and do all the other Titanic stuff as well. Yeah. So, yeah, he's very. I think he's very good. If you want to pay for the like the shuriken cannons and star cannons and stuff, I think that's fine. Or you um, just spend twelve hundred points on three and just have them irritate the hell out of everyone else while having yeah hundred points left sounds, over. That sounds pretty annoying. You love to see. You love to see. You love to see it. <laughs> all right, let's talk about the Webway game. Dude, Webway I'm game very out. excited about this one. I yeah. bought that model. It's been sitting in my my closet. I've loved it. It wasn't great last edition. Uh, now it is. Dude, I pulled it out of my storage unit. <laughs> and that's a hassle. Yeah. 80 points. 80 points for this bad boy. Um, so you get to have the command point cost of Eldari units you put in strategic reserve. Um, so first of all, don't do that. Unless you want to <laughs> put strategic reserve and also do, uh, uh, what is that, the Mirage, the the three unit redeploy for two command points. Yeah. yeah. You can also take those units and put them back in strategic reserve without paying extra cost. I mean, it's a cool ability, I guess. Um, so you have to set these up 12 inches away from the enemy deployment zone um, uh, and enemy models. Um, when it's set up on the battlefield, they have to be within three inches of each other. They give you light cover, heavy cover, unstable position, and inspiring Eldari. Which is, yeah, it's not bad. And so they get the webway strike. So basically, whenever you bring units in from strategic reserve, they can be put um, with wholly within six inches of both wraithbone arches, um, uh, and they can be set up within nine inches of enemy models. So your enemy models like can't stop you from deploying. You can even deploy in combat if you want to. Uh, you know what's not specified here is you don't have to deploy them tip to tip. They just have no, to yeah. The traditional trade. way you would think about putting them, like you don't have to, right? You, you can, can kind of like you can do an L shape, you can do butt to butt, you can do lots of different kinds of stuff. I was thinking like in almost interlocked, yep. Like if you put them side to side but facing different directions, so it kind of looks like you can have them stacked, so there's no way you won't be able to deploy these, right? So, yeah, I, I, I yeah, they're they're totally good. Um. All right, so that's kind of the mostly Eldar stuff. Oh, one more thing about these. They have the Eldar, Asuriani, Harlequins, and Drukari keywords, so it does work for Drukari. Uh, also, fun fact, uh, it doesn't have a profile anymore, so you can't destroy it. Yeah, you can't destroy them. They're immune to your damage. Mm-hmm. Baby, we're on to Harlequins. We are. It's time for the Goof Troop. Yeah, <laughs> Which is what I'm calling your uh, Harlequin uh, troop. Na, 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 na. All right, so uh, the troop master. Yes. Five wounds, six attacks. Um, you can take any of the Harlequin weapons, which all have the same profile. They're all plus one strength, minus two AP, two flat damage. Mm-hmm. Um, he can take a Harlequin blade, but don't. Um, it's plus one attack and minus one AP and that's what you get so he's still strength three he's just gonna he's just gonna be trash Uh, it's either it's five points for the power sword just uh, cough up the five points don't be cheap Um, also the fusion pistol is only five points on him I almost would always buy that I feel like that's a good buy for him Mm -hmm. five points for a two up ballistic skill fusion pistol I think is dope so Choreographer of War is now uh, reroll to wound rolls of one for friendly Harlequin units. Not so bad. it's and Har- sorry, Harlequin core. 
So the nice thing, the thing about this is it's not, and we'll get to the core thing in a bit, because um, there's a misprint, I, I think. Uh, this isn't just melee. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's that's an interesting change. It huh. used to be reroll all failed to rolls in melee. Anyway, if you give him any of the Harlequin weapons, the kiss, the caress, the uh, the embrace, uh, he gets those keywords. Uh, Shadow Seer, uh, he's got uh, same stats as he did before. Uh, Hallucinogen, grenade launcher. Uh, every time, each time a hit is rolled, roll two d six. If the result is greater than the leadership characteristic of the unit, they take one mortal wound. It's assault d three um, with blast. <laughs> cool. Uh, Neuro disruptors is. Uh, basically, if you hit, unless it's a vehicle, it they take a mortal wound. If it's a vehicle, it's strength six minus three, one damage. Um, <clears throat> let's see. He's shield from harm is now Harlequin core and characters within six are minus one to wound. Um, and he can cast two and deny one from Phantasmazzy. So this is the misprint, the troop. The troop doesn't have the core keyword, and I think that's a mistake. Hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Does anything have the core keyword? Yeah, the bikes do. Huh. I think it's pretty clear that they're supposed to have core. Yeah. Like, it doesn't make any sense. They're obviously the core of the army, not bikes. Yeah. Contrary to popular belief many times, <laughs> I'm sure. Um, so a troop contains... Uh, uh, five to 12 players. Um, they are four attacks each. Um, strength three, toughness three, uh, leadership eight. The troop, the, the lead player has two wounds, which I thought was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, they have the Harlequin Pan- uh, uh, Panoply, so, so does all the, all the other characters. Luck of the Laughing God, Rising Crescendo. Um, the Harlequin weapons, basically, as long as one model in the squad has the Harlequin weapon, they get the keyword. Nice. Um, yeah. Uh, and then they did change it so that um, you can only take limited numbers of some of the weapons. So if you contain 10 or fewer models, two models can have... Uh, uh, caresses two models can have embraces any number can have kisses um, and the lead player can take a power sword if you want to if you can contain 12 models then you can double up on those so and you can take up to two fusion pistols and two neuro blasters per uh per per you know up to 10 models or mm-hmm. if you contain 11 or more you can you have four of each so you have a lot of options there, um, but it's less than you did before. You can't wholesale equip squads out in one way, which is fine, I think, honestly, unless you give them all kisses, I suppose. Um, but really, you want to have a mix of the different weapons. So in you there, use different keywords. The same profile. Yeah, so you can use the strats. Um, Death Jester. Um, each model that's destroyed by this model counts as two models for morale. That's cool. He's a, the Shrieker Cannon is Assault 3, Strength 6, minus 2, 2 damage. And it's got Shrieken, and it can ignore Lookout, sir. The dude itself, like the, the Death Jester, has 5 attacks at Strength 4, uh, minus 1, 1 damage. Solitaire. He can't have Warlord Traits or Relics. Um, he doesn't have a Sadath. Um, 
He's got five wounds and eight attacks base and a 12-inch movement. He can still blitz, which gives him 2d6 inches extra movement and plus two attacks. Um, his solitaire weapons are plus two strength, minus three AP, two flat damage. But he has the Harlequin kiss and caress keyword, so he can use those stratagems. Nice. He also has a three-up invulnerable save, which is nice. Uh, Skyweavers. Two to six models in their squads. They're still toughness four, three wounds, four attacks. Um, the Zephyr Glaive is uh, plus two strength um, instead of... Uh, no, strength five or four, I think. Um, minus two, two flat damage. And then Star Bullas are no longer one shot, and they're not grenades. So you can shoot them in addition to your other weapons. They're a salty three, strength seven, minus three, two damage with blast. It's actually kind of like you may want to consider it. Um, the glaives are good though. The glaives are good. Uh, Shuriken cannon is the same as it ever is the same as it is now. Um, Skyweaver haywire cannon is now heavy D three plus one strength three minus three D three damage. It has the blast keyword, um, and if you target a vehicle, it it always wounds on a four plus. And if you roll a six to wound, um, it does D three mortal wounds in addition to normal damage. So. It's five points upgrade to give uh, uh, the Haywire Cannon. Mm-hmm. I think it's worth it, like almost every time. Over the over the uh, uh, the Shuriken Cannon, like they shoot the same number of shots, and yeah, it's probably slightly less good against infantry, but like <clears throat> you're minus three AP, so you're cutting through heavy armor and you're multi damage. Um, D three is almost always better than two damage now. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway. They're really good. Um, now, these guys don't have the uh, panoply, but they do have a hollow suit, so they get a 4 plus symbol. They have the Harlequin mass, so melee attacks are minus one hit. So basically, yeah, they do have this stuff. But they also have the Skyweaver Mirage Launchers, which means you can't reroll to hit rolls against them. They can also auto advance six and still charge all the time because of rising crescendo. Mm-hmm. All right, now we have Void Weavers. Man, Void Weavers have sucked for a long time. I think that time <laughs> is over, John. Tell us how you really feel. Yeah, no, I think they're good now. Um, they're 90 points, and you get a Toughness 5 6-wound model with a, with four. with uh, It has four attacks, two in melee at weapon skill 3+. Plus. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you're dark, you're minus one to, like, you're, you're minus one AP on their attacks, too, at strength 5. It's, like, it's not terrible. No. Anyway, they have hollow fields for 4 plus invul. Um, they get to auto advance six. They have mirage launchers, so they're minus one to hit all the time, and you can't reroll to hit rolls. You can take them in units of up to three. Now you can take um, the Void Weaver Haywire Cannon is uh, heavy two d three strength four, uh, and it's minus three flat three damage. Vehicles that auto wounds on a four sixes does an additional d three mortals. Or you can take the the prismatic cannon, which has two profiles. Um, heavy three d three, strength five minus one, one damage with blast. Or heavy two, strength twelve, minus four, two d three damage. So a whole squad of these. I don't know what I'm going to take for weapons. Right, for sure. Yeah, but they're ninety points. It doesn't matter which weapons you take. Also, these guys also have two shuriken cannons for each guy as well. So they're also shooting six shuriken shots, too. I think for 90 points, these guys are a steal. They're way tougher than they look on paper. Right. So, 
All right, uh, then we have Star Weavers. This is the transport. Think of it as the last thing we just talked about, except now there's six Harlequins that can ride inside. <laughs> I mean, right? Like yeah. that's the it's the flip side of the dual kit, so for sure. That's what it is. Um, it does all the same stuff, uh, except it's also open top, so dudes can shoot out the top of it. With fuse and pistols. Yep. All right. We have three more data sheets, John. We do. We're so close. So close. Um, and Star Weavers are 80 points. Uh, I have no idea how much any of the Yunari models are. Like, Mono. I honestly don't know. All right. So we've got Yuvrain. Um, So she's, and these are all in the craft world section. I think that's where they're mixed in. Um, she's movement eight, uh, five wounds, four attacks. She's 135 points. 135. Okay. That's fair. Um, her sword is plus one strength. Uh, if you roll a six to hit, they take two mortal wounds and the attack sequence ends. That's good. Um, her rune suit is the same as Eldrad's. So transhuman for a pinball. Um, she's got the Herald of Ineed. So anytime another Eldari model within six is destroyed, roll a four plus. It regains a wound. If it was a Psyker, she gets an extra psychic power. And she can reroll psychic tests. I think for 135, she's totally fine. Pretty solid. Yeah, not bad. Um, is she cast two? Yeah, she yeah. is cast two, deny two. Cast two, deny two. That's nice. The deny two is really nice. Yeah. Uh, actually, so Farseers are deny two as well. I really mm. like that. I always like that. Uh, the Vizark, this guy's actually legit good. Um, for 95 points. Yeah, for 95 points, six wounds, five attacks. Um, he's uh, the Sword of Silent Screams is makes him strength five if you roll to wound roll a four plus no imbol saves and he's minus four ap two flat damage um he can bodyguard for your brain um and he doesn't take up a hq slot if you bring her um yanari core within six inches gets to reroll ones to hit um and if eldari die within six inches of him on a four plus he gets a wound back if it was a character model that died he gets to add plus one to his attacks. He also has strands of fate. Mm-hmm. So if you take him with craft worlds, like you can use all that stuff. Oh man, he's so good. Uh, all right. And then Riverin Riverin also have... has strands of fate too. Yeah. Damn dude. You know who else has uh, strands of fate? The Incarn. Yeah. I see that. Uh, Incarn is so is very good now too. I I don't know. I I I don't know if it's as good as the Avatar, but it's very close. He's twenty points cheaper. Two fifty. Yeah, so two fifty. Um. So uh, first of all, a it gets a flamer, uh, swirling soul energy, and it gets to uh, it's assault D six, strength seven minus two, one damage. Um. Also, when it's selected to shoot, it shoots at every enemy unit in range. Oh, oh. But why? Because it, it just does. It gets to flamer everybody around it. It's like that's, souls that are. That's the goo around. that's surrounding it, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly correct. And uh, this, this, the Sword of Souls has two profiles. So it's got the sweeping blow, which is two attacks. So that means that full profile, it gets. So it, it degrades movement, strength, and attacks. So movement goes 10, 9, 8. Who cares? Strength is seven six five, uh, which is kind of a big deal. Um, 
it's not even that bad though. Uh, and then it's attacks is six by four. So if it sweeps, it's AP minus strength user minus four, one damage, and it gets two attacks, so it gets to make 12 attacks at that profile. Its big attack is strength plus four, so strength 11. Um, and it's minus four damage D3 plus three with no imbos allowed. Don't fight him with your characters. No. That'd be my suggestion. So he can still teleport around and that kind of stuff with with uh, uh, Inveritable Death. Um, friendly Enid Core or Inari Core within 12. Don't take combat attrition modifiers. He has a four plus imbol and he halves damage. But he doesn't get to get wounds back. Mm. So, I, and he's uh, manifest two and deny two um, for revenant discipline. But he does know all of the powers. Yeah. So just cast whatever he wants. That's pretty dope. Dang. Yeah. Dude. John, that, that was a codex review. That, that I was think uh, this three was... hours and four minutes of codex review. Wow. If you guys stood through that, first of all, thank you. Yeah. Um, this would be a hell of a review if anybody did it. Um, uh, it's I'm going to be of... interested to see what the, the usual suspects do with this tomorrow. Um, or I guess in an hour from now. <laughs> I think they're probably going to sp- I think they're probably going to split it up to yeah. be honest. Yeah. If um, you've made it this far, please be aware that this book has made me uh we're going to redo how we do uh video reviews in the future. Um <laughs> I'm very excited for it. Okay, cool. Good. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Um so I'm excited about this book. I think it plays the Eldar playstyle super well. Like uh like it's it kind of hits and runs. It hits really hard. Um, but you know, like on the flippity flip, uh, they're not tough. No, they're not tough. Um, this army is now like, I don't think there's a way that you can build a super tough elder army. Maybe if you go super wraith construct heavy, but I think most of that stuff is overpriced. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, I'm glad to see stuff like the wraith Lord gets core. Like, I think that's really neat. Um, uh, and there's a lot of core in this book, all the aspect warriors, all the the wraith guard guardians all that stuff is core so uh you definitely have a lot of choices there for making sure that you're getting rerolls on your units and bringing good units yeah um i think mixed arms is gonna i think it's gonna you're gonna see a lot of indirect with this army um and a lot of uh, uh a lot of characters i think you're gonna see a lot of harlequins i think it's uh to me, I feel like I want to bring Harlequins for melee support mm-hmm. instead of Aspect Warriors, but I understand the viability of Aspect Warriors. They're very good, too. So just some hard choices you're going to have to make uh, when deciding how you want to build your army, but I think a lot of indirect and a lot of close combat is probably what you're going to see out of this most often. So, um, yeah, so I think that wraps up our review of Codex Eldari. Uh, thanks for listening to us. Uh, if you enjoyed this uh, and you made it this far and somehow you're not subscribed to Marvels, like, well, first of all, what are you doing? <laughs> like, Jesus. Thanks, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> but subscribe to us. Like, subscribe to our channel. Leave us a review. Uh, give us some stars. Um, check out our Patreon if you want to talk to us. Uh, if I mean, if you don't, though, that's fine, too. I Understandable. don't want to no. talk to us. Yeah. Um, uh but check that out uh give us a dollar you can join our discord uh, which has some lively banter 
and some awesome memes every every week the memes are good um but yeah uh so thanks for listening and uh john and i will uh see you next time <laughs>